From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! Get fired up. This is the State of Combat Podcast with Brian Campbell. Oh, on bended knee, the SOC. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. It's hello, goodbye, and hello again. Yes, BC in your ear hole. Step three, stick your dinghy in the box. Yes, we're, get, we're already right there. End of an era. Let me bring him in right now. Let me lick you Trying to lick you down. Cruise away, all around. Oh, I will miss you all. Boom, boom, boom. Rafe Boogs, Rafe Bartholomew, a New York Times bestselling author. Still follow his work at betjazz.com. Rafe, uh, you know I'm in the bubble. You know, yeah, you already know I'm the best. Hey, you, um, it's Charlo Fever. Uh, this podcast will serve two masters. Okay, number one. You're going to hear from the Charlo brothers together, this show, right here in your ear hole. But as a big gift to people, as a real bonus, you and I wanted to open mouth kiss every single listener who has supported us throughout the years. Is that true? That is true. I don't know if we're going to accomplish quite that in a literal sense or pay tribute to every single one out there because, man, there we got a lot of... We got a lot of freaks, if you know what I mean. Oscar-type freaks. I'm going to make you my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, I'm willing. I'm willing to go there. Um, Rafe, so here's the story. I know we've been cryptic and confusing, and some of it is because this has all been a work in progress. But the gist, if you don't know or you're confused up to this point, is Luke Thomas has been hired by CBS Sports. Him and I do that show, Morning Combat, with Showtime. That is expanding in the CBS Showtime universe. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we will have live episodes. A lot of skinhead action going on there, okay? We touch a little bit of the box. But, Rafa, you and I have done this ish under many incarnations, iterations, whatever you want to say. Uh, there's room in the MK universe, Tuesdays and Thursdays, for bonus content material. I don't know how often we're going to do it, but I was overjoyed when you said yes to the dress. And you said, I'll wear that ish one more time. So you and I, we haven't even figured out a name yet, but under this MK universe, on YouTube, on camera... And on the podcast feeds, we're going to continue this. I don't know what it's going to be called. It's going to be a lot of the same ridiculousness. So in some ways, ain't nothing changed. But in another way, we did the ropes on Grantland and it ended. We did the ropes cast on Snapchat and it ended. We did the ITSOC and now it's ending. So we did want to, um, you know, have a moment or two, right? Absolutely. I, I think it is fair to say, Brian, at least for the time being in this iteration, it's going to be the end of us being the, the ridiculousness that is Boogs in BC on a weekly basis. But other than that, I hope to be ridiculous with you on a somewhat regular basis. You know, I still need to get my fix. And, and when you asked me to, to come get down MK Ultra style with you, you know, I said, yeah, I'm I'm pro boner. You know I'm in, boy. You you, you know how I'm coming. You know how I'm coming. 
Uh, so here's the deal. Why don't we, uh, you know, thank you to everybody for always supporting us, for getting us, for getting, for getting our ish. We're not in, you know, if you're not accustomed to this style, okay, you may walk in and be like, I, where, how did I get here in this freak house? I'm not, you know, no, get me off the front porch. I'm, uh, Sean Porter's going in. I'm coming out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is what's happening here. There's a home invasion inside my soul right now. And Povetkin's there. Um, but, uh, you know, for those that get us, and there are some people that in the business that do get us that don't want it to be known that they get us, but they reach out and let us know that they get us. And I thank everyone for that. So here's what we're going to do, Roth. Quick pause for the cause early on the other side. You're going to get something that matters. Interview at the same time, both Charlo brothers, Jermel, Jermall. We're going to get down to business, okay? BC style coming at you right now. Enjoy. A double shot of Lions only this Saturday. Historic and unique pay-per-view from Uncasville, Connecticut, when the twin world champion brother, Charlos, take on arguably your toughest fights to date. Two pay-per-view cards, one night, one building, for the price of one. But fellas, separate from your opponents, the rivalries, the trash talk, what does it mean for two guys from Houston who came up in this business together to to see your faces on the poster headlining a pay-per-view? I mean, it's a dream come true for us, you know. uh... Me and my twin brother, we worked very, very hard to get to this point, and um, we've been working harder to stay here. It's also unreal to us, like right now, we're just sitting back and we're just like admiring all of the, the moments and we're just taking it all in. And we, But we know Saturday night is the night that we got to do what we do best, and that's put on a show and, and be dominant and victorious. Well, six fights in total, two three-fight cards, 7 p.m. Eastern, Showtime pay-per-view. Jermel, brother's going to kick it off when Jermel Charlo takes on... Uh, Sergey Derevchenko to defend his WBC middleweight title. You, of course, have a junior middleweight unification at 154 against Jason Rosario. When we saw you guys share a nationally televised card in 2018, you famously flipped a coin in Brooklyn. Maul got to go on last. How do we figure it out this time? Um, I think my brother just kind of demanded that um, I go first. And, <laughs> and um, I'm pretty sure he noticed that I had a harder fight than him. So I had to work a little bit harder than him. So he'd rather see that first. Well, I know uh, I got a unification match, and I know that that that's big. Not that my brother defending his title is not just as big, but we put the titles past us, and we'll enjoy those after the fight is over with. So the most important is both of us getting there and having tough fights and tough opponents in front of us, and that, I think that's all that matters to us right now. It's, yeah, that's all that matters. It's all about winning. It's all about getting that victory in any type of way we can. I've always said that there's this sibling rivalry between you, but in a good way. It's almost as if mm-hmm. you drive each other to be the best you can be. I mean, is there something like, I'm trying to steal the show from my brother on Saturday night? I mean, uh, we both got great fights. We both got hard opponents, and um, we both had to study well, and we did what we have to do in camp. So, nah, I mean, you know, my brother's going to go out there and do his thing, and I know, I know he believes in me too. Absolutely. Uh, what I love about you guys most, separate from what you do in the ring, is you bring it unabashed, raw, passionate about what you do. I mean, Jamel, you once told me on the set, you know, I don't know if you're a lion or a snake, and Jamal, you've hung up on me and told me off on my own podcast. Hey. It's real. It's not to sell pay-per-views. Where does this passion and, and, and sort of, you know, confidence mixed with competitiveness come from? I don't think um, anybody ever made it easy for us. So we definitely out to be the best that we can be, and sometimes it happens that way. Um, uh, I don't mean no harm, and, 
you know, uh, my brother probably don't mean no harm by you being a snake, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> you know? watch, you gotta keep your grass cut low. Yeah, that's all. And so that's, that's a part of it, you know, just standing there and staying focused on what we want and, and, and not getting, you know, beaten by the, what we don't want, you know, like the enemy and, and, and being around these people that are fake with you in life and stuff. So it's uh, natural. It's, it's the city that we brought up in, it's the family that we brought up in, and what mom and dad taught us. And, and how rough things were always and the challenges that we've been through and we face it. And, and I know a lot of people might have a hold of mic but not be able to keep it real. And some, sometimes we want to, we don't care, you know, like, you know, this is our sport and we want to do it our best in the, the convenience that we do it. What's at stake for you guys in, the, in this card? You know, out separate from the individual fight, first time in front of the public eye, potential for household names beyond. What, what are you feeling about? I mean, our legacy on the line. Um, we put our titles on the line. Uh, me and my twin brother both, we, we get a chance to showcase, like, you know, our talent, but, you know, not something that we haven't done before. So it's not even something that we've never been in a situation like this before. We just get a chance to really just be ourselves, and and everything is on the line. We put it all on the line right now. We got children to feed. Absolutely. Jermel, I want to talk about this fight. Jason Rosario kind of came out of nowhere to upset J-Rock Williams mm-hmm. earlier this year by knockout. Calls himself Banana. He told me straight up. I got a big banana waiting for Jermel, and if he can't take it, I'm going to be the king at 154. How much is his power on your mind as you go into this one? I mean, we all strong fighters. Everybody got to punch his chance. It's about skills. Skills make the fight. Skills pay the bills. I, I'm not too much to focus on uh, his power. We need to be focused on my power. I'm the one that has got spectacular knockouts and putting boys to sleep. Yeah, he can stop guys. Yeah, he can punch guys. Yeah, he has some different oppositions. Uh, my brother uh, also destroyed J-Rock and as well so when we go into this fight we evenly matched to me and you know we we, we both got attributes that are are you know are great and i feel like i'm the better fighter i'm the king of the division and i gotta get in there and prove it saturday against jason and jamal for you when you go in there against dervinchenko you'd won a title before at 154 but at middleweight this would be your toughest test against a guy who's pushed the best in the division to the limit you did say at wednesday's press conference him and his team they're looking past me what did you mean by that um, the team is looking past me, you know, um, so-called my toughest test. Uh, to me, honestly, I've had some even tougher fights than, than Dervichenko. Uh It's going to be a good straight come forward guy. It's not like a style I've never seen before. Um, so, you know, uh, they'll get a chance to get a load of, like, who I really am once we get in there. Uh, this has been a wild year, as you guys know, and, and this is the first sort of monster pay-per-view card in boxing we've seen since the quarantine with the mixture of the coronavirus pandemic and all the social and racial unrest. What do you guys see as your responsibility with your platform to sort of, you know, either provide a distraction or maybe let your voice be heard during these crazy times? Dream big. You know, um, everyone in America, um, we're going through it together. Uh, dream big. Believe that we can get past this. Uh, injustice isn't right. So, um, you know, for the, for the people who are dealing with those, those problems and uh, for the people who lost people due to the COVID, uh, you know, our condolences and our heart go out to you guys. And, and like, like I said, family, stay strong, uh, keep, your loved, keep your loved ones close and um, continue to fight. Jamel, do you feel a responsibility given all the racial unrest to be heard? Well, I know it's a lot of racial unrest that needs to be uh, taken care of. It starts with our leaders. And I feel like once we go in and we as, as our people go in and vote and do what's right and, and not just vote for the presidents and vote for everything that's Supreme Court, just, just vote, you know, get out there and pay attention closely. And then, uh, you know, this, this world could change. Um, when people 
play it safe and they do what's right and they stay away from the COVID and they know that any virus could come out of nowhere. It's viruses that have happened before and people avoided them and, and, and you know, you know, just do what's right and everybody do what's right and, and love, man. Just love one another, Absolutely. man, as much as we can, man. We share this earth together. All right, let's talk about, to close here, the keyboard warriors, the potential snakes. What are they going to be writing about on Sunday after this historic double pay-per-view on Saturday night? Regardless, they're going to love the Charlotte Twins. They're going to understand us a little bit more. They're going to be able to see that we are some true fighters, some real warriors, and, um, and, and, and talent and skill prevails, you know. We're getting there to win, man. We're here to win. We're here to show out. We're here to do what we can. And we're here to put our mark down. Regardless of any of the outcome and how we get it, we just want to let the world know that. And those writers, those snakes that's writing, become fans and become supporters of the Lions only. The, the brand. Well, if they didn't know you, they will now after Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, Showtime pay-per-view. Two cards for the price of one. The Charlo brothers on top. Best of luck to you guys. Great chatting with you. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it. All right, Boogs, we got a little bit of the business out of the way. Shout out to the Charlos. You didn't hear it right there, but I did bring up, hey, Jamal, what happened last year when you sent my ass to hell on this here, on this here damn podcast? You know what I'm saying? Do you know where I'm going with that? And, uh, hey, Jermel, remember when you asked me if you didn't know if I was a, uh, a snake or not? It's going to be a fight that say, F- you and you F- bank and F- everybody else that's down, Jamal Charlotte. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put my life on the line. I hope you tune in. Uh, I love those guys, though. And uh, they did, by the way, after the interview, they were really polite and actually asked for uh, for a link of it. So uh, shout out to those guys. We, You know, look, uh, us keyboard journalists, we are snakes. Jermel was right, okay? That's why we in this game. But uh, That's the job. There's a big moment for them, okay? So uh, hopefully people checked out our extended two-plus-hour preview earlier this week, and hopefully people will pay that seventy four ninety five and keep people like me in business, all right? If I may, Brian, I, I, I hit you in the DMs with this yesterday. Something I was remiss in not mentioning. We don't. I, I'm, I'm afraid to open Pandora's box here because we got a busy schedule of French kissing our friends to uh, uphold this afternoon. But Brian, I was telling you yesterday, I forgot to mention Jamal Charlo beats Derevchenko convincingly, impressively. He puts his name boom right at the top of the born ready for the next Canelo Alvarez fight, if it ever happens, if he can get out of litigation. I know there's some business issues, but man, just the other guys haven't had a fight on the books yet. This is a major fight. If he looks great, people are going to start banging that drum and say, yeah, Canelo, come come talk to Mr. Carlo. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. you're right. And I'm glad, by the way, you were a little saucy on our, uh, on our regular bo- podcast version this week. Okay. You get a little happier today. You got happy feet. What's going on here? Somebody pissing your, I, I, pissing I feel your like a million Coca-Cola? bucks today. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. So here's our plan right now. First, I wanted to play you this little bit of sound. Did you catch this? Uh, did you catch the Texas forever that Jermel hit us with at the press conference? Texas forever. Street. Did you hear Texas. that here? I got, I got it for you here, Street. Texas forever. Where are we? Texas bread. Texas, you know, the beef different. All our stuff is different. You know, and we bigger. It's, it's massive. We're strong. We're animals. We fast. It's different. You ready for that kind of meat? I mean, are you in on that? Is he saying? Is he trying? Look, let's just hope that he has not been dabbling in any black ant king pills because we know Uh what that can do to your to your to your PED test going into a fight. Well, I've got some red meat for you. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, We're gonna call our friends, our listeners, our people in the business that we love that have supported us. We want to give back here. We want to open mouth kiss. 
all the people that we love. So um, I'm not going to tell you who we call on ahead of time. I'm going to start dialing, all right? And we're going to start having some fun here. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? That's fun happening, all right? Here we Eight, go. Six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much, Jenny. Take a ride with us, okay? Here we go. Let's see if this person picks up. Boxing podcast history right here. Rafe, are you with me? Hello? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, what's, what's the, yes, yes. Yes, let me merge the calls. Rafe Bugs, can you hear me? Can you feel it, Rafe Bugs? Rafe, are you there? All right, the technical difficulties are behind us. I'm looking for a content provider to open mouse kiff. All right, is he there? I want Evan Corn of Top Rank. I mean, you, everything to the open mouth kissing part. Yes, yes, 100%. Okay, okay. Hey, first and foremost, as we're here to say hello, goodbye, hello again, thank you. Um, can we, uh, look, uh, there's been too much of this ginger on ginger crime, this war going on. Prepare your whores for the ginger battle to come. Rafe, are you there? Would you follow Mr. Corn back? Can we squash this beef? Well, I, I, well, I, well go beef, ahead. You well, Hold on, Rafe. The beef is twofold because not only did he uh, unfollow me on social media, um, now that he is uh, one of the world's foremost uh, gambling writers, he uh, he removed himself from the top rank uh, media mailing list. So is this true, Rafe? Because you know, because Rafe, Rafe thinks uh, Rafe thinks that I don't notice these things, but little does he know, you know, I uh, little does he know that I do notice these things. And I do care. And he has just unfollowed uh, our entire life or my entire my entire professional life. So I'm, I'm very hurt by this. Very hurt. Oh, man. Well, shoot, Evan. I actually now that you mentioned that I had been thinking, wondering if you had removed me from the, the listserv <laughs> on top. rank. I believe I trust you 100 percent. And this is starting to come back in my memory now. But. Um, yeah, for a while I was like, wow, Evan is really on top of stuff because he he took me off the top rank listserv uh, or whatever it's called now. That's the, a subscription list, the mailing list. In any case, I, I am I, I cop to that with one P. I also cop <laughs> to unfollowing you unnecessarily with one one P. I am sincere when I say that I am a weird individual on Twitter and like I have unfollowed a lot of my closest right, friends, people right. I really love, I, right. I, because it's like a point of pride to me. Like I don't need to follow you because I got love for you well, in person. But you know what? That's really childish of me, and I'm sorry. And uh, go ahead. I, I just find no, out listen, incredibly hypocritical. BC, let me just say one thing. It, listen, listen. If backwards speed skating was an Olympic sport, Rafe would win the gold medal. He's ba- this guy is backpedaling. <laughs> like I, I appreciate it. It's nice. like a prime Bonnie Blair. You know. You you, you right. listen to the show, man. I say this every time Brian tries to make it into an issue. I just say, look, man, I I was getting out. That's all it was. Look, I love and, red-haired and men. I, all right? And I defend you when he tries to call you a small person, when he tries to call you a ginger, unless you identify as a ginger, because he's always like calling me a ginger. Listen, listen. I mean, just to set the record straight, uh, um, I'm just about a, a eighth of an inch shy of six feet, so I wouldn't say small. Uh, you know, I think <laughs> not small. He's you know, like Broner. He's not small. 
not small. I can, I can, I can, I, you know, it give, give me, give me about a week in the sauna. I can, I can probably make Walter wait. So there you go. But corn, like Rafe, who's clearly a ginger. I mean, look at his beard. Are you trying to avoid the, the reality, the obvious? I am not ginger. <laughs> I mean, come on, tell us. The I, truth. No, no, no. It's, I would, I would say the, the, um, half ginger because I, uh, there's some red in the beard, but the hair is, is most certainly not. Right. Well, let's hope the drapes do match the curtains. Uh, EK, oh, although this show is not officially ending, it is changing skin. We wanted to thank you for being a supporter, a content interview provider, and finally, you get your voice heard on the damn show. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, I've, I've been I've been asking for this for for, for two years. I, I guess I finally made the cut. You know, it was. Uh, you know, Tyson Fury and now myself from the top rank stable. So you know, I mean, I'm in good company, BC. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I, I think hopefully I think the, the end of this call will end more ceremoniously than, than Tyson's interview on the call, which was uh, one of the SOCs. I, I would say if you're making a great assist <laughs> compilation, that would be on side one of the of the interviews. Yes. Uh, on vinyl. Yes. Of the greatest hits. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I'm honored. Rafe, do you have any questions for this man? Uh, you know, you got you had some gimmick. You had a box of gimmicks. Uh, well, look, uh, I am uh, back into semi semi serious interview, or at least something I'm curious about. Evan, is there any what would make you um, nervous if you started to hear the legendary founder of Top Rank, Bob Arum, in a you know live interview, hot hot mic? What what could he possibly say that would make you nervous? Because we know that his charm, his everything, his experience basically makes him Teflon. But is there anything that would make you sort of dive in and take a bullet to to stop him from saying on a hot mic? So obviously he's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah, right. All right, right. enough. <laughs> that, you know what, uh, it's sort of the, the greatness of Bob is his willingness to say anything. And it's sort of what makes um, makes you nervous. But no, I think at this point, it's as you said, he's sort of Teflon. Um and so you just sort of let him go. You set up interviews. You do your best to prepare, just like any PR person would. And uh, you hope for the best. You know, that's really all you can do. I mean, yeah, it's just you just hope that he doesn't like unveil the entire 2021 schedule uh, on a YouTube interview. Uh, but that's that's really where, where you're most nervous, like news that's not ready, to, that's not final, that's not ready to be reported. But again, that's the that's the magic of Bob, man. You just sort of roll with it, right? Well, he's so a, that so 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 Bob revealing schedule information is worse than perhaps um, you know tell, telling Ariel Hawani that uh, <laughs> MMA is about a bunch of skinheads and uh, and uh, whatever homosexuals rolling well, on top well, of each other. Well, I was uh, I was probably about eight nine years away <laughs> from working for Top when that when that interview happened. You know, what was funny is Ariel spoke to Bob on his on the ESPN MMA show. I'd say three to four months ago, maybe a little, maybe a little further back. And it was the first time they had spoken since that infamous interview, interview he did at Yankee Stadium, which was when Ariel worked for uh, AOL Fan House, RIP, uh, way back in the day. And it, you know, that was the first thing Ariel brought up was, "Hey, we had this really famous interview and and, and everything." And Bob had no idea what. He talking about it was it was classic because he was like bob with history and our and bob i don't know what you're talking about so so yeah so we have footage we we reunited him and it felt so good we do have footage when ariel doubled down and asked bob so you know all these years later what do you think it's a great great sport i love that mixed martial arts i don't 
I think it's trash. <laughs> I just hope Bob doesn't have like a Bob Feller moment when he was like 86 and he went on Sports Center and said that black people shouldn't vote or drive cars or something like that. As long as we avoid that for Bob or, you know, let Bob know that suffrage is a real thing and, and hopefully we can we can stay on, on course. Right? Well, well, listen, I think we'll, we'll, we'll uh, Bob's socially political stances, I think, uh, will preclude him from from from, uh, from going to Bob Feller route, fortunately. Per- perfect. Uh, Mr. Korn. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, moment in the SOC ITC history? Someone sending me to hell, a favorite sound drop on the board, anything you want to highlight of over your time as a listener? Can, can I give the listeners a, a behind the scenes favorite uh, that it's related to SOC, please, but please. the two of us? Yes, absolutely. Well, no. So it was so, so Tyson, so, so Tyson Fury did the interview on the SOC and he was, it was in an interesting mood and, and, and he sort of, he didn't hang up on you, but he sort of just ended the interview and just sort of did a walk-off home run. And we we were talking on the phone after that, after probably a couple hours after that. And you said to me, you go, yeah, you know, I get it. You know, Tyson was probably in the middle of doing two hours of phone interviews and everything. So I get it, Evan. And I and I basically told you, BC. I said, no, it was literally his first one of the day. And you were just and you just sort of were like, oh, and just, just so disappointed because you thought. The reason for him, you know, dropping the mic on you was because he was in the middle of a, of a long uh, media block. But it was really just his first interview of the day. Well, you claim. And, uh, I think I, I think you said something early on that that, that may have perturbed there him a little is. bit, and you just you couldn't rec- you couldn't get out of that hole. Rafe, would you agree with that? That once I brought up his father removing someone's eyeball, that he lost my trust. <laughs> that that might have done it. I'd need to re-listen to the interview to pinpoint the exact moment where it went left on BC. Brian, I mean, we we broke this down in, in more detail than we break down most fights several times on this podcast. <laughs> My opinion is that you tried to go meta with Tyson Fury, and you can't you can't do that because he's too meta for all of us. I mean, he is playing seven degree chess at all yeah. times in the mind game department. And he just is also just, if he wasn't in the mood, he's not going to let you do anything. I just wish Evan, you could have used your magic to get us this type of magic, which we were unable to produce. Um, masturbating seven times a day. Seven times. Keep me testosterone. Pumping, 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 pumping it up. Don't you know? But I guess I need a bed in Michelle Joy Phelps to get that kind of stuff. Right. Well, no, it was uh, yeah, that. Well, that uh, that, that interview that was uh, in, the, uh, in the Intercontinental Hotel in, in downtown LA. That was uh, before uh, an Emmanuel Navarrete fight, actually. So you know, well, there you go. That was uh, that was an inter- that was an interesting interview, as was uh, as was Tyson on the SOC. But I'd rather it be interesting like that than boring, right? You know, because. Because not everybody brings it to the SOC pod, right? No, no, they don't. They don't. Uh, Corn, as we wind down here, because we've got uh, we got to kiss a few guys here. Uh, I like beautiful guys. Listen, listen, you're, you're kicking me off for Dwyer. I get it. No, I <laughs> wish. I wish. Um, you know, do you like the skinhead stuff? We never got into that before. I don't like it nor dislike it. It's sort of uh, I'm sort of ambivalent on it. You know, it's obviously as a combat sports fan, boxing. You know, I've been a boxing fan for. Uh, 25, 25, 30 years at this point, pretty much since I've, since I've been alive. Uh, you know, I have nothing against MMA, just not my, not, not my cup of tea on a regular basis, but once in a while, if it's a, if it's a big fight, I will, will certainly okay. check in because I think what draws me to the sport is the spectacle of it. And a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, greatness of MMA is sort of the spectacle of, of the fighting. 
So I can appreciate that, but no, I'm not. I wouldn't consider myself a fan, but sometimes. Well, you're a rising PR maven. Rafe, if he plays his cards right, he may find a spot in our hearts that only people like Bernie Barmazel, uh, the great Kelly of Floyd fame, uh, uh, Freddie says, right? The legends of the PR modern game, right? This guy, Evan Korn, could be the best of the group. I Look, Brian, despite our fabricated or the, the, the beef that I have pointlessly instigated here between me and Evan, uh, he's at the top of my power rankings already. I mean, he's been there. You know, he, 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 I already knew he was the best. We've uh, been chucking corn I mean, since the beginning. Our guy, our guy Bernie... I love him, but he he, he still calls me Rafa. <laughs> uh, do you have any final question for Evan Korn as we wrap here, Rafe? Oh, man, we're going long. I was curious, though, man. I was listen- just listening to you talk about MMA a little bit in boxing. What is your box boxeo origin story? How did you get into the sport? Oh, hey, yes, please. Yeah, I'll try to keep it short because, again, we got to get the Dwyer and all the special guys. No, I, I just uh, – my father ordered – you know, the pay-per-views when I was a young kid and would let me stay up ridiculously late. Um, and I watched the Tyson Holyfield bite fight when I was, uh, was 10 years old. And uh, I remember my parents had people over for the fight and they were all like these middle-aged, uh, middle-aged Jewish people that were just, uh, were just horrified by it. Like, oh, I can't believe they, they just kind of like walked out of the room and they stormed out. And I was like, oh my God, this can happen in a sporting event. And I just thought it was the cool, not, not cool, but I just thought, wow, what a sport where that can happen. Uh, and then I started watching more and more, more and more fights. And then uh, Hopkins beating Trinidad was sort of my, my watershed because yes. I grew up uh, seeing Tito knock everybody out. And then to see somebody be able to neutralize sort of this, you know, what I, what I thought at the time was this invincible guy. Uh, and then I just started, you know, consuming everything. And long story short, here I am. You, this is what you should have said to your old Jewish relatives that night. I want to do it because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. To drive into a car. But did you know that you could perhaps kill somebody? Yes, but I wanted to do hood stuff with my friend. I'm glad you, you chose to go into this uh, this hood sport with us. Thank you. I know. It's a pleasure, man. It's, uh, and listen, I, I will, before, before, I, before I sign off, I will, the SOC podcast will be, will be greatly not many podcasts like it. You guys don't take yourselves too seriously. Uh, I think anybody who listens to Brian knows that, but you, you bring uh, fun and levity to it, which is, is something that's really sorely missing. Uh, so we, so I will miss it, and I'm sure your your legions of, uh, of boxing uh, SOC uh, listeners will as well. And uh, I, I'll, I'll be following you with uh, with Luke Thomas and everybody else, and uh, we will have the Tyson Fury Brian Campbell rematch at some point. I can guarantee that. Love it. Thank you so much, Evan. Thank you, BC. I'll talk to you guys soon. Rafe, that was the great Evan Korn. I need to get another man on this pod that we love. While you dial, I know Evan is gone, but I I meant to say to him, Evan, we good friends. I love your Bob father. (laughs) Now let's follow each other. I will follow you at the end of this podcast. Thank you. You don't have to follow me back, though. I, I do not. It's okay. Sit belt. But I, 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 I'm, I'm done with this. Hello. Hello. This? We are live on the SOC. <laughs> I'm looking for a British bloke that I can open mouth kiss to thank you for your SOC stewardship. I'm looking for MGC speaks Maddie Conrad in the house. You are in luck, my friend. You, I am fired the F up for this call. I got to tell you, I'm fired. Up. I didn't think I'd be so fired up, but I have a big glass of water 
to pour on my you know what because of that's how fired up I am right now. <laughs> We're pro boner over here. Just so I got you know. a I got of a course, question for you, Maddie. Hey, um, what does it mean, um, when fighting gets you, gets you erect? What does that mean? <laughs> uh, it probably, I mean, look, I didn't hear the entire Tyson quote, but I assume uh, it's about being erect, uh, and that's what happens. Yeah, it does. I get my performance-enhancing audio from my boys, BC and Rafe Burks. That's just what happens. It's nature. It's natural. Uh, Rafe, this is a man that you vouched for, Matty C., a, a former bloke turned uh, California resident. and um, Absolutely. Um, and Brian, 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 I'll, I'll take it from here. Take it he's from not here. just he's not just some bloke who happens to live in in L.A. Now he is he's he's got some real skin in the game here when it comes to boxeo. He has worked back in the day with the IFL, another like like SOC, another important three letter acronym in boxing. <laughs> uh, he know he has met like we have. Coogan Cassius, the six foot five Sri Lankan. That we, I, by the way, bumping into him in Madison Square Garden was a was an incredible thrill that would make sense to no one except hardcore boxing fans. But it was like Coogan. <laughs> um, yeah, Ma- no, Maddie has been in it for real. This is not just, uh, yeah, not not that I have anything, not that there's anything wrong if you haven't worked in the sport. But Matt, Matt he, you know, he. he he, this ain't Birdo. This is the this is the raw dog. Yeah, he's, this he, is the raw dog. Maddie been doing doping since the beginning. Maddie, can you tell the tale that we so often do of the night December twenty fourteen? Meet me in Temecula when Rafe, myself, the beard Patrick Connor, the Egyptian magician El- Ahmed Elbiani in his terry cloth robe, and every fighter on the PBC roster who was owed a date that night showed up at Night of Champions Friday Night Fights, and you claim you were there that night? Oh, my, you know, BC, not only was I there, I was on the apron taking uh, some footage and some some sneaky pics for, uh, for whoever the hell would pay me for my services. I was there the night that there was a robbery. That was an effective robbery! Um, when, Tyson, <laughs> when Tyson Cave was hosed by Raul Caiz Jr., who I was, you know, you shouldn't name and shame in this game, BC, but what the hell? You guys are saying shit on the podcast now, and it seems that all rules are out the window. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kiss and tell. I was, I was sitting next to uh, one of the judges, and as he handed in his uh, card, I looked at him and the, the, a bead of sweat rolled down his temple. So, you know, make of that what you will. But yeah, everyone was on that card. Jonathan Banks uh, was sent to hell by Antonio Carver. Hell. Austin Trout just put a hurting on some jobber. I, I, Luis Grajeda, I can't remember his name. Edwin Labamba Rodriguez beat the ever-loving shit out of poor Derek Findlay. And I felt like this was like some sort of like unlicensed, I don't know, snatch or like lockstock, like card or something. The the Latin snake was on that card. I don't know what the hell happened. Oh, I'll you, tell oh, you what happened. That one. He fought the he skinhead. Yeah. Deshaun Johnson, the MMA guy, dropped him off camera. There were no ca- Remember when the FNF card went off the went off the broadcast yeah. they got the hell out of there there was no cameras left to see Sergio Mora get nearly sent to hell by that skinhead oh I didn't I know I was I think I actually met uh the beard in person 
while that fight was going on, I was super excited, uh, just gazing into that, you know, hairy chin of his. Um, and then I believe um, Dominic Boobs Brazil and Gerald Washington were on that card in separate fights. Terrell Geisha, or Goucher, however he chooses to refer to himself, um, in, uh, he was in some boring fight. And Marcus Brown, pre-domestic violence Marcus Brown, yes. or possibly, uh, un, uh, you know, uh, allegedly, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, re-accused mid. domestic violence. domestic yeah. violence, yeah. We've been doing derp, we've been doing doping since the beginning. Uh, by the way, can, can, the can you confirm that uh, what, what Rafe and I saw with our own eyes, that Boobs Brazil was in the final fight of the night, and he destroyed some fat slob in two rounds, and the house lights went out <laughs> while the guy was still p- stuck to the canvas. I believe, I believe that did happen. It, it, it was, it was a, a low point uh, of the evening for that guy. It was very sad. But you know what? I made the trip out there um, with uh, with another uh, one of the schlocks who cover the sport for zero money and zero recompense, and it was at a time when you know, like, hey maybe a career in boxing is going to make me happy, you know, combine the passion of something I love uh, and maybe earn some money. No, no, no. So massive props to anyone who stays in that game. But, but yeah, it was a good, that was a good night. That was a good night of boxing. Pachanga, December 11th, 2014. If you weren't there, you were nowhere. Hey, you're damn That's right. right. Uh, look, we got, we, we wanted to do like a little speed round with all of everybody we talked to today. Uh, and I'm down. yeah, uh, so it starts with, and, and you already know, you, you know how I'm coming, you know, what's coming. <laughs> I, I received uh, the tip. I know yes. I received the tip. <laughs> you, I hope that you analyze the tip because, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you need to be born ready for this. Uh, but anyway, we want to yeah. ask, first of all, what, what is, what has been your favorite bit of sound? What's the drop that gets you most erect when you hear it on the SOC uh-huh. over these years? Well, Brian, uh, well, Brian, well, Brian, well, Ray, I get higher from Dwyer. You know, anything from Richie, <laughs> that that gives me the stiffness. You got to pour some water on my balls. Y'all already know when I hear me from Richie, I get I, I get fired up. But maybe maybe it's better to ask which ones I don't like because the the, the sound drops. You know, I mean. You know, we all know who hits hard. I love every single one of them. What I, I, I could do without the 90s basketball chat, but, you know, I, I, I soldiered through How that. How dare you? you, know, you better, <laughs> I, it's okay. I know, I know, Ray, you know, I know that's your vibe. I know, BC, you know, you F around and get inside of a basketball court. That's okay. But um, i got to say, if it's Richie, it's Mitchie. You know, I love it. Wow, wow. I will send you to I will I will get you to throw a punch at me on a basketball court. That's the one skill I do have at this point. <laughs> uh we were we were chatting before with the great Evan Cornell, a wonderful ginger, about his boxing origin story. And I do fancy to ask you, being a bloke, I assume you came up in a steel town like Birmingham, like Ozzy, and uh how did you get into this game? Well, Brian, I do love me some ginger, but I did come from. I do come from the UK. Uh, I am a quality bloke, and you know my my champions, my originals. You know that that to be expected as a guy who grew up in the '90s. We're talking about our Frank Brunos. We're talking about our Prince Nassim Hamed. We're talking about uh, Chris Eubank, Nigel Benn, Lennox. No, don't nobody test this. So those are my those are my kind of OG champions. But when I moved here in uh, 2008, and I started really getting into 
the California boxing scene, that's when I kind of went hog wild on, on like my, like, I don't know, my Mayorgas, my Oscar De La Hoyas, my, you know, Vargas's, like my Sugar Shanes. But, you know, that's, that's kind of how, how it went. But I still got love in my heart for all the OG 90s British boxers because I remember staying up till three in the morning to hear Nas on the radio to find some jobber in, I didn't, I didn't you know, Vegas and New York. And it was, that's what kind of really started to uh, get me erect back where, in the design. Where are you from in the, I'm learning what the UK, because, you know, as a kid here, you're like, the UK is England. But no, there's, there's levels to this game. Are you a Geordie Golovkin? Where in the damn UK are you from? I'm from the mean streets of London, um, but uh, I'm from West London. So anyone who's a quality bloke listening to this is going to think I am posh, I'm, uh, posh as hell. And they'd be right. I'm from West London. I'm from Kensington. So, wow. you know, uh, I, am, uh, I wear my jodhpurs. You know, I do, I do whatever. I wear my monocles, my top hat. You know, I'm, I'm a quality bloke. But you, when you, I moved to the U.S., that I was going to say, you and Eddie Hearn alike. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Eddie Hearn, you know, he's from Essex, so... His whole shtick is like, all right, geezer, apples and pears, almond rocks. You know, he, he does the whole, like, Cockney, <laughs> Cockney boy vibe. Um, whereas I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've got, I speak the Queen's English, more of a received pronunciation, if mm. you will. Excellent. We're good at detecting that, yeah. Excellent. Well, Yeah, look, yeah, it might, it might be apparent. It might be apparent. Maddie, but, um, but yeah, I mean, go ahead. Uh, no, well, you, you finish, please. Uh, in fact, sir, I know it sounds harsh, but I think you should finish. Oh boy, Jesus! I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting the gong show over here. But yeah, what I, I mean, my, my, my real champion now is, uh, I bet, uh, Soto Corral. You know, your boy yes. Matty C is the, is the kind of guy that will watch JSK versus the Rooster Nico Macias once every three months just to get him fired up. And he, and uh, I was also, I believe, Rafe was there too. I'm not sure. I think it was the night Kelbrook beat Sean Porter, and that was when the when um, JSK and Berto got into it in yes. the crowd. Uh, and I was actually getting my selfie with JSK at that time. He got into the, into the bracket uh, and then came back to finish his selfie with me. So, you know, you know, he finished. <laughs> JSK is, is the best. He will finish his beer with you and then go fight Andre Berto. Meanwhile, Matt, he um, was like, he, this he, is he Berto, right? Even though Berto had one, one arm in that fight, but hell. That was a great um, fight. Oh. He to hell. That actually was Birdo. Uh, that was the raw dog, right? That was it, right? That there. was that was the real Birdo, yeah. Uh, we got so we have one last thing to ask you, which is invite you to throw us a what would it look like? What in one of our classic whatever old school tropes, a mythical yeah, fight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I like to get sloppy. You know, I like sloppy Super Bowls. I like people just walking through huge punches. I like chaos or like mayhem and what i would like to ask you guys is what does a prime with a training camp jsk look like jsk versus semi-washed mayorga like what does that look like and i want to know what it looks like from the who wins the press conference who wins the fight and you know what happens so i want to know what that looks like rafe rafe you want to feel that rafe Sure, I'll start. Um, look, I, I think it's clear that Mayorga destroys JSK in the press conference whenever what, whenever that happens in their careers, right? I mean, we, we've never – has JSK ever been a fun press conference guy? I've never he's, – he's a fun drinking beers in the casino guy. He's a fun at Winchell's Donut Shop on a shorts That's type of guy. That's true. True that, yes. 
But uh, um, no, so I think he's quiet and humble. I mean, he you know, you get a few tequilas in him. He'll take his shirt off in the MGM <laughs> Grand Lobby for sure. You know, um, in the actual fight, if if well, Mayorga was pretty big at the end of his career. Well, Mayorga is a but- headhunter, and if JFK can get inside and kind of go to the body and and make it make it extra sloppy. I mean, look, Mayorga, Mayorga honestly feasted on guys who were very technically strong and he could be the crazy Maidana helicopter punching to kind of offset them, you know, in his famous win over, uh, over uh, the late Vernon Forrest. Forrest. So uh, JSK, I don't know. He's a little bit awkward. You know, he throws flurries on the inside. That could have been some real theater, man. It would have been, it would have been a night of champions. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, I'm going to say that. Thank you. Well, just last thing I want to thank you guys. I know, I don't know what's happening going forward um, with the podcast and looking forward to finding out, but I know you guys have so many times uh, just absolutely delivered. And I want to thank you as a, as a, um, I see myself as a hard man, but um, you know, I have, uh, I see a therapist every Tuesday night and oftentimes this drops just after I've been to the, just uh, seen the therapist yes. and you guys always transform, transform my day with uh, that, you know, performance enhancing audio. And, and I think that's magic. We we undo every every good thing that your therapist does for you. Shout out to you. <laughs> Probably. Shout out to your therapist and in the words of your your British hero. And with that, let's close this interview. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, Maddie. Thank you. Uh consider this an open mouth kiss. Uh yeah, receive. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Good luck and much appreciated. Thank you, sir. All Thank right, you. Rafe, this has been spectacular. Let's go to a different country on the map, right? Right? A man of many countries, if you will. Will you? He's not even in his homeland. He comes from a land down under, if I'm correct. <laughs> the man, a man who, well, let me save this joke till he gets on He here. knows how to take it on the chin. There it is. You stole it from me, okay? It was a little bit of a robbery, right? 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 It was an effective robbery. Right? Right? <laughs> right? It's still a robbery. It was an effective robbery. It's still a robbery! Uh, are you there, caller? Oh, I see. Caller, are you there? I'm ready to put it on your chin. Are you there? Hello, hello, how are you? This is Alex McClintock, the Australian-born boxing writer, author, Canadian resident, Rafe, one of our favorite people in the history of the SOC. Rafe. Are you there, Rafe? Yeah. Look, look, look. I'm, I'm trying to let our next guest know that he's next, all right? Why? You okay. can't vamp for me? You can't okay. do some lampy I'm, action? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you entertain our friend here? Uh, McClintock, thank you, sir, for joining us. How in the hell are you, bro? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, like, just chilling out. Just enjoyed, like, the two months of summer that we get here in Toronto. And now I'm uh, getting ready for winter again. All right. How are you? How are you guys? You know, we're we're doing well. Uh, you know, exciting times for you. Exciting times in some ways. You know, it's the end of an era. We're going to start a new one, whatever that one's going to look like. Um, anyone that has a you know is down, sad about about the end of the SOC, all I can say is you should just harden up. Like seriously, bang it full of quarters and get on with it. Uh, Alex, down under, have you ever banged it full of quarters and got on with it, bro? No, man, we don't even have quarters down under. We have, like, 50-cent coins. <laughs> so it doesn't make any sense. Um, I think he said quarters, though. Uh, I, think jokes, he, I think he said quarters, though. 
Jokes aside, my we, friend. We know there's there's a guy from New Zealand who who went just sent us to hell on Twitter one day saying uh explaining that that Dean Lonergan indeed says bang it full of cortisone, but we refuse to acknowledge that and just keep rolling with bang it full of cortisone. Um, roll with it, man. Roll with yeah, it. Yeah. Alex, we've had fun talking open mouth kissing our favorite people in this game, but I did want to actually ask you a serious question, bro. Since the fallout of all things Jeff Han getting sent right to the bottom floor by this rising stud, Timmy Zoo. I know you don't currently hang out down there at Ulu with the Aborigines and don't step on the top of the mountain because you'll crush the souls and the spirits of those that were once there. But what is the word coming off of that continent island about this Tim Zoo boxing takeover? I don't know, man. I think everyone was just blown away by by how much of a takeover it was, right? Like, I, I was sitting here, like, at 6 o'clock in the morning in my boxer shorts, you know, wishing I was down there with 40,000 people in Townsville, no mask. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I was, like, I was blown away. He's, he seems to really be the good. Um, so, yeah, I think people are excited about whether he's going to fight people down there, like, like whether he's going to... Uh, Take on the stripper or the shapeshifter, or I don't think he's going to take on the shapeshifter. But you never know; rule it out. Well, um, Alex, if you were, they might fly someone in. Right, Alex. What if you were managing Tim Zoo's career? What would you like to see him do next? Do you want to see him do the the tour de you know tour de Bendigo and fight the stripper, fight the shapeshifter, go through all that, make that get that money, or you know, do you want to see him uh, chase more world-level opponents? I would like to see him chase world-level opponents, obviously. Um, but I would have him... I reckon there is a good fight for him down under, and that's Dennis Hogan. Um, oh, wow. Because wow. from a promotional point of view, it is Glenn Rushton's chance to get one back to the House of Dreams. Yes. Uh, which obviously is dream angle. Uh and then I also think it's like a different look for, for Zoo. Like Hogan's like a, a way more technical boxer than Jeff Horn. Um, and so obviously he offers like a bit of a different challenge and maybe that's something that uh, Zoo might appreciate before he comes over to the States or starts flying people down to uh, Australia, you know? And it gives him the possibility of saying that I beat Dennis Hogan if he wins as well as Jamal Charlo or better than Jaime Munguia and, you know, and, and, and another, yeah, exactly. A little feather in his cap. No, that's, that is good. good matchmaking. I took his girl, you know, I took his bell. Uh, would you make out with Jessica Alex just because of the 2013 connections to athletes and the whole uh, bizarre, you know, three way there with the AB and Pauly just to like, you know, because I always felt that way now as a washed 40 year old that there were chicks I grew up with. Right. in like middle school and high school who were way too hot or good for me. But now they're, you know, they kind of gone on some down luck. Right. I'm a married man with a family and I'm successful. And, you know, they might be waiting tables with a broken marriage and a couple kids. But there's part of me that's like, you know, I, I'd still throw one just for the just for the conquest, right? Just to say I did it, right? Hell, are you talking about? Even even in this day and age, like, I mean, forget what else you might catch. Forget COVID. 
Okay, well, this is more of a mythical matchup Monday thing in my mind. I'm just saying <laughs> for the uh, – anyway, moving on there. Uh, we had a great debate, an Aussie debate. You're catch sh- more than an L, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not sure if you heard our uh, great Aussie debate about the inner workings of the horn marriage. And, you know, my stance that jo- Joanna, Joanne, really has never been there for Jeffrey. She's benefiting from the checks, but now, you know, she would like him to finish. And um, I'm wondering from your point of view – I mean, you could see her side in this, but, you know, she's been very Adrian Balboa in kind of getting in his way to some degree. Am I crazy? I see what you mean, but then, like, wasn't everybody saying you're right, Jeffrey? Like, she wasn't on her own there. So, like, and I think even maybe she's just expressing the voice of sense, maybe, like, because everybody was saying you're right, Jeffrey, and now everybody's also saying... I hate to say this, but I think we should finish. Wow. So maybe she's just calling it like it is. Maybe you need that in partner, you know? Wow. Wow. Uh, do you think she does interviews? That's a Rafe, that's a dream get for this podcast. That's no longer a podcast. Rafe? My bad. No, I was frozen for a second. I've got... I've got your, I've got you, you. Look, man, you got this whole hotel Wi-Fi. You never know when it's going to mess us up. But anyway, um, yeah, Alex, do you... Um, do you think that uh, – well, look, uh, as far as Jeff Horn goes, do you think that him and Glenn Rushton are, are reaching the end of the road? Because, you know, Glenn Rushton came under a lot of fire letting Horn take the, the, the beating that he took against Zarafa in the first fight. And then, of course, it didn't look much better against Tim Zhu earlier over the summer. Uh, is this is – this, yeah, what, what's the what's what's the status of the House of Dreams? And uh, things aren't looking so good at the House of Dreams. But I mean, let's let's be real; they weren't looking so great at the House of Dreams to begin with. Like the Dolphin Fountain didn't have the running water. Uh, the place did need a little bit of a lick of paint. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think you might be right. I think it might be the end of the road for them because I think maybe. There was that moment there when uh, Jeff was just like this freaking huge welterweight, uh, and he was using the, the rhythm method, you know, the broken uh, broken rhythm pressure fighting, and it, he was like a little bit of a handful, and that kind of worked for them for like a hot minute. But then as soon as Jeff went to 154 and started fighting guys, it was like didn't work so well anymore, did it? Uh, and what he's three and three in his last six fights. Wow, wow, that is a so maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. That is a sobering point. It's so hard to say it. Uh, while I love using you for your Aussie love and experience in the fight game to answer my hard, troubled questions, uh, this is about loving the people who love us and, and offering you the option of an open mouth kiss between podcaster and listener and supporter and fellow journalist. I wanted to, to just thank you for your patronage and, and say, you know, do, do you have a favorite soundboard drop in the SOC lineage and game and, 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 you know, favorite moment, anything that you can share with us? Oh man, I, I was thinking about this and I was, it was so hard to pick a favorite drop or a favorite moment. I mean, like, I feel like I've been doing SOC since the beginning. Since the road. You guys got me on. You guys got me onto Buddy Snapchat. I'd go to 
uh, TikTok for you guys. But yeah, I was trying to think of my favorite drop. Um, and, you know, there's so many I use in my daily life and my girlfriend thinks I'm total psycho when I say things like, <laughs> you're right, Jeffrey, or it's going to be a challenge. This ain't Birdo. I think, I think my, uh, my favorite drop of all time has got to be James Kirkland with the mask. Like, it just, like, it's not an every episode drop, but when you drop it, I laugh out loud every single every single time. Yes, uh, Lampley's reaction of, uh, okay, great, thank you, we're done here. Uh, somebody please get this psycho <laughs> away from me is always worth the price uh, of admission. Uh, Rafe, I hope you read one day the great book this man wrote on the chin. And I hope you write your own boxing book one day. You're a great writer. We're good friends. Love your daddy. Alex, what is next for you in this game? Where, what are you doing? What's your project? Where, where, where are you writing these days? What's going on? Man, I'm, uh, I'm in Toronto. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I've gone full casual since the pandemic started. There's no boxing to watch. I think like the only boxing match I've really watched in the last six months is like uh, Horn Zoo. Uh haven't had a haircut. My girlfriend says I look like Steven Seagal. Nice. Uh, but I am working on the second book. Did she say uh, that you run like Steven Seagal? She did not. She hasn't seen me running. So, yeah, I'm still working on the second book. It's a crime fiction novel. Uh, I don't know if it's any good. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, wait. I, I got to thank you guys so much for, like, you know, really supporting me, supporting on the chair, like, Turning, uh, t- turning State Combat into like a, a half 50% Jeff Horn podcast some of the time. Like, I don't know. It really means a lot to me. And it's been, I don't know. It, it, it's just a thing I was saying to, to Rafe, I was messaging him. It's just like it brightens my day once a week to listen wow. to this podcast. It's so funny. Uh, it's so awesome. And like, of course, you guys have a legion of devoted and insane fans, of which I consider myself one, because it's so great. Thank you. I'm Thank you miss for that, this. Love. And I'm going to be looking forward to whatever other form it takes. We had Maddie C. telling us this is his uh, post-therapy, you know, love session to celebrate life. We've had other people write in the same thing. Thank you. And I love to imagine you looking like Steven Seagal. Some hormones in here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rafe, that sound drop of the homos in here does not age well. We need to get that off the board, okay? From Mark for Death? Thank you. I don't know if Rafe can hear me even right now. Rafe, are you still there? Tell me, please. Tell me you can hear me, Rafe. All right. Uh, all right, my hotel Wi-Fi, uh, my Wi-Fi is uh, driving everyone here crazy. But, uh, Rafe, this Australian man has been, has been a big-time friend of ours. Uh, do you want to send him out with love? Rafe, Rafe, please, Rafe, tell me that you hear me, Rafe. Please, please, friend. Are you here with me or not? Look at me. Are you with me? Look at me. Are you with me? I I just heard something. Okay, Rafe, you're back. You're with me here. Sorry. Can you hear me? No, I am with you. I'm with you. Okay, Rafe. Um, we. I wanted to tell you that I love me some Alex McClintock. Can you send our friend out, please? You are frozen. There's it. There it is again. Thank you. You are frozen, my friend. You are frozen. Yes, great. <laughs> this is this is great timing for the history of this great show. Alex, thank you, sir. Thank you for your patronage. 
All righty. No worries. Thank you, guys. I'm so glad to on. Thank you. Nothing but love Thanks, for you, sir. Uh, Rafe, let is, I don't know if you can hear me, Rafe. We're going to bring on the next caller, another man that we love. Oh, are man- you sure? Are you sure you don't want to restart this to try and get a better connection? It's a fair request, but uh, let's see what happens here. We roll the dice. We roll it. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I want to ring up. I know it's the best. uh, I want to ring up a town in California, the capital town, the Cite, Sacto. All right. Give me Sacramento, California, brother. Right. Right. No. I'm ready. Yeah, I, I didn't know if you were talking to me or the man in Sacramento. Is he there? I don't know if this it is. Yes, he Are is. Are you with me? We have him. Rafe, we have Are him. Are you with me? The greatest listener in the history of this podcast. A man who has disappeared during COVID time. Alex Godinez, these nuts, the man, the myth, the Mexican-American hero. My friend, thank you. Are you with me? Thank you. Yes. I am with you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I'm just sheltering in place, doing my due diligence to keep, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, scary. You don't know. The it, COVID. <laughs> so, you know. It's, it's, da- it's danger, no? 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 It's danger. Uh, I don't know. It's very, very confusing, this. It's danger, no? Uh, Godinez, what is happening in your life, brother? Danger. You know, I'm just uh, keeping a low profile, waiting for boxing to come back. I think this weekend is kind of uh, that first real, like, big stamp that, you know, at least in the U.S., I should say, boxing is back with that uh, awesome Charlo uh, doubleheader we got going. Rafe, on that note, do you ever wonder if Godinez is really a lion or a snake in terms of his history and lineage in this podcast? Rafe? Rafe, can you hear me? What was that? Say that again. You're breaking up on me. Hear you loud and clear. All right, Rafe. Did All you, right. There we go, Rafe. We're back. Okay, can you please talk? Are please? we back? Are, are you with me, Brian? I'm with you. Please, I'm trying to talk to my friend no, Alex. No, I don't think he is. Rafe, Rafe, this is not. This is not. This is not. No, I think. Yeah, that bubble Wi-Fi. All right, Rafe. I got you back on the phone here, Rafe. Please wave your hand if you hear me. You, you try to do a fun podcast. You try to kiss your listeners. Yes. Okay. Just trying to kiss a few of my listeners here, Race, to celebrate what has been a great run from 2017, three years later, the ITC to the SOC. Uh, Rafe, I believe we have a man from Sacramento coming back in, reconnecting with us. Can you hear him? Can you hear me, Rafe? Let's hear. Are you there? I'm here. Caller. I can hear you, Brian. Thank can I you. hear Alex Godinez of Sacramento? I hope so. I hope so. A man uh, who graced our presence at one time with the greatest, uh, the greatest. Uh, uh, oh, I'm here he is. Brian with us. Deep drives on the drops. Oh, Alex Godinez is back with us. Rafe, can you Deep hear him? Deep dive on the drop call. Yes, yes, that was well done. I kind of sort of hear you, man. Yeah, it was hot, Rafe. It was good. It was good. Uh, Rafe, please take over. Mm-hmm. Rafe, go ahead. Go ahead, Rafe. Well, okay. Um, Alex, what's up, man? How how have you been? We've we've missed you. We know you're out there in the world. You show up. You're locked on Twitter now, which I respect. I don't have to mm-hmm. unfollow you. I don't have to do anything yeah. unnecessary. But um, what's going on in your life? 
you know, uh, trying to stay safe with the pandemic, raising the family, going to work, you know, still doing my thing, getting back in the flow as boxing is kind of uh, finding its bearing back, getting fired up for this weekend, that double Charlo pay-per-view, you know, some people hate on it, but I think it's actually a pretty, it's a pretty good deal. You get two, you know, solid fights uh, as main events or co-main events, however you want to call it. And the undercard, yeah, there's some, something there to pick at and it, you know, it looks like it could be good. So uh, Alex, I, um, I think boxing is kind of finding its way back now. Alex, if you had, there's some very good looking people in the Figueroa family. If you were able to fornicate mm-hmm. with one of them, which one would you pick? Brandon. You don't put Brandon, <laughs> please. Yeah, he's got light please. eyes. That's please. that's crazy. Yeah, like please. he's got light eyes. So you don't even have to finish the question, Brandon. Any other question you have, Brandon is my answer. <laughs> um, our listeners kind of want to know. I think Brian has been a little bit um disappointed as well. I think it's un- unreasonable to expect the level of work out of you, but they how they were hoping for one more deep dive on a drop. You know, I was also hoping for one, another one as well. And believe it or not, um, I was starting to mull over like, okay, uh, you know, which one should I do next? But, you know, with the SOC kind of, uh, you know. Jacking, so to uh, speak. Leaving, yeah, pretty much leaving with my side piece, you know. Um, uh, I, I think that may be put on the back burner for a bit. But well, I look, man, someday. Yeah, assuming we're able to bring this back in some form that still includes all of this wonderful sound that we've collected, all of these beautiful guys that we've looked at, all of them, the whole man, then we can bring it back. We'll put it on YouTube. Bigger mm-hmm. audience. We'll get Luke Thomas's crazy skinheads watching it. We'll make you famous. Yeah. Uh, that and that's really what I'm looking What's for. going on, brother? All around. It's the only reason I, I, uh, I, I called into the show. Thank you. Um, Alex, you heard Vi- uh, Victor Ortiz's voice right there. Um, if you could matchmake and give me a, a, a beautiful, sloppy fight involving <laughs> this. Do you hear any of this shit? Involving this. No, version. I hear nothing of it. No, He's tired. Defeated. Is going his signals like a rag doll. <laughs> <laughs> that is how gangster he is not. I was in your <laughs> ass. Uh, you guys can hear me, right? This is the worst podcast. No, I can hear you I now. Last sentence. This is the worst I, podcast I've I ever been on. You're starting to touch some M's here, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you for that that last M. Uh, Victor Ortiz just said your name on this and podcast. And there he goes again. Oh, stop yeah. that. Oh, stop that. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, BC, Alex Godinez was. Okay, you Alex. Not, no. You won't. No. Anyway. All right, Rafe, why don't you just keep talking? You, it yeah, works. Gone, I think again, I heard like part of a sound drop and then that was it. Rafe, uh, just yeah, like I that. I heard like some, some static and then all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> Rafe, the, the, I can hear you, Rafe. Okay. The so hotel, why, the bubble. Why don't bubble. you just keep talking? Cause I can hear you. Uh, nope. Tell him I can hear him. What is that? Yeah. What is that? Tell him. I like you. I like yeah, it. he's like, <laughs> I like. It. Well, okay, great. I heard, wa- I heard. Wife, all right. <laughs> you, you. Like wife, all right, Alex. Can you hear me now? We had he's Alex. Like, uh, he's like, he's like Joe Namath on the sidelines there. <laughs> I just want to kiss you, um, Alex. We had Alex McClintock. Now we have Alex Godinez. Uh, Godiz. What fight in 2020 has you the most feeling that itch? 
No. Yeah, no. I, I, heard, I, heard, uh, I heard. I heard up to your heard, name, and then a uh after that. This I heard podcast my sucks. Name next to Jeff Horn, of course, and then my name, and then that was it. All right, right, yeah, Rafe, talk to the man, then Rafe. Okay, talk to him. <laughs> I don't mean to break the fourth wall here, but can't do you hear? Does what we does our conversation go through to you? Yes, it does, Rafe. All right, I see a thumbs up and a frozen and a frozen person. So I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna plow ahead. I'm gonna put my head down mm-hmm. like um, Mickey Roman and just try and make something of this here. Mm-hmm. Okay, Alex. Um, yeah. We're gonna let's let's go straight into this speed round right here because I want to know. I want to know. Let's start. What mm-hmm. over the years is it even possible? And this is something I don't know if I have a good answer to myself. But is it mm-hmm. possible for you? to name uh, your number one piece of sound, number one drop. I mean, you are the, the, the deep dive Ooh. on the drop yeah. professor. So what, what is, is it? Let me, let me put some water on your balls. Yeah, yeah. Eric, Eric, uh, deep breath now. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, well, it's, it's a split between two of them, right? Because uh, the, deep, the one I did for the deep dive uh, is awesome, right? Uh, you have uh, the, the wonderful interpreter, you know, uh, not really he's he didn't literally translate what they said you know which is like you know bring him over here so i can but uh put some water on him but uh i think that's a, a very close first uh very close tie 1a 1b with the uh potpourri of uh carl frotch's uh 80k uh drops yeah well you are the the originator of the 80k crew so that makes sense. And, and I think for posterity's sake, it also choosing let me, let me pour some water on your balls is the number like that was really what started it all. That's what made us start collecting weird boxing sound and replaying it on and stuff. So it, mm-hmm. it, it deserves that treatment. Um, so the next thing is if you were in a casino, maybe you've had uh-huh. a few drinks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've been to a fight. Um and you who and who would who would be your campeon? Who would you see and just be like campeon, campeon? Who, oh, yeah. Who would I embarrass myself in front of? Let's see. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go retired and and somewhat active fighter. Uh, and this is just because uh, you know <laughs> he's a freak, right? I got two words for him: fish scale. <laughs> Hit me up on the D. I'd have to say Oscar would be my. Uh, my retired campion. However, embarrassing myself in front of Oscar, he's seen some things. I don't think I can embarrass myself in front of him. So I feel very good uh, uh, approaching him, hollering drunkenly. Um, but uh, my other campion, uh, unfortunately, he's not as active as he used to be, but I got to go with uh, Gennady Golovkin. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And and look, I, I was thinking earlier, you are uh you you are somewhat of a partisan in the um you know Saul Canelo Alvarez Gennady Golovkin wars. Uh how do you feel about this the 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 legal spat that Canelo has been in? Do you think that you're ever gonna see that third fight? Do you fight uh, Ginger? But um uh but I will say this. You know, the guy is a savvy businessman. He has millions of dollars for a reason, right? I, I know I knock him and all that stuff, but you gotta, you also have to think the dude's only what, 30 years old? So he's still a young man. He's still very young. He's not washed like the rest of us. So uh, I wish Saul nothing but luck. I do hope we get to see him fight. 
Um, and if he does fight Gennady, my heart says I want Gennady to stop him, but my head says Gennady, you know, he is on the even a bad Gennady is good as most of these top middleweights. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, so I think uh I don't think triple G would get all, all up in that ass this time around. Probably he doesn't doesn't seem like it's heading in that direction at this point. And then I don't know if BC is going to be around to answer it, or maybe he'll record an answer afterwards. <laughs> uh, who knows what's happening over there? He might be – someone might have slipped him a Jimmy over there in Connecticut. <laughs> but mm-hmm. what if you were going to ask us a classic state of combat, what would it look like, mythical matchup? What, throw, it at, throw it at me, and then maybe BC will, will figure out his Wi-Fi. Uh, let's see. I was, um, I was thinking about this one, a mythical matchup. And it's usually for like the grand, like what would Hearns versus, you know, a a triple G look like, or what would Tyson look like against uh, Dempsey? I'm going to bring it down to that SOC level. And I want you to tell me what would it look like a Saddam Ali Kodo versus a Saddam Ali Mungia at 154. What would that look like? Wow. Oh, wait, wait. Are we talking about Saddam Ali fighting a version of it, a younger version of himself, so to speak, or Miguel no, no, Cotto, no. who lost to Saddam Ali fighting Jaime Mungia, who beat Saddam Ali. Yes. What would that look like? Oh, well, look, I, I think that Cotto one armed because he tore a bicep in that fight probably doesn't get doesn't beat Mungia, who if you can't move around the ring and throw some stuff back at him and and score some points on your own he's just gonna keep charging down at you and and he'll be very he gets busy i think i think mungia would would catch up with kodo and win that fight i don't think by stoppage but by outworking him uh if if kodo's bicep does not tear in that fight i think that the the old master has enough to to outpoint uh mungia who's still he's still learning on the job right Mm mm-hmm do the tattoos distract Mungia and kind of lull him in for maybe uh, the perfect counter from Kodo? You know, that that has been a factor in previous fights. Certainly, I think you could say that Delvin Rodriguez was affected by the tattoos because he he was out quick. Uh, same with same with washed Gill. But Mungia, I think, you know, would would benefit from the fight coming later on in in you know, the chronology, the great chronology of boxing. And he would have had time to adjust to that tribal tattoo. He would have seen it on at least one other fighter, maybe two Ivan Redkoch and also Joe Smith Jr. And he would have adjusted <laughs> to it uh, to deal with it and beat a one-armed Miguel Cotto. But what does that even mean? I mean, we see what, what right. Mugi is doing now. If I was Cotto and I was in that mythical matchup, I hire both of those guys, uh, Joe Smith, and Red Catch to appear shirtless in the front row WWE style with some sort of sign to just throw everything off. They're like the real Slim Shady, except both of them are white guys from other countries. <laughs> Amazing stuff, guys. Amazing stuff. I don't know if you can hear me, but that's been this has now, been great. All right. Uh, uh, I, I forgot you were there, Brian. Uh, let me ask you this, though, Brian. I don't know if uh, maybe uh, Rafe could be your proxy, but I do have some business to uh to take care of before this uh last historic soc uh comes to a close i want to ask if there was a champ of the year 
who would that be? And I, I do mean to put you on the spot because I want to hear your answer. Please take into account as I run my campaign for listener of the year, this COVID year, please remember I brought everyone uh, pictures of Hooters in Campbell, California. It did exist. And I also brought Richie into, uh, uh, into your uh, DMs, into your show. Even, he even prognosticated Rafe was going to be writing for BetYourAss.com, calling him a gambler. That's true. And uh, may, I, may I add that MIBets.com and USBets.com are both free sites. So please read them and keep myself and fellow boxing friend Eric Raskin employed. Um, Alex, I I don't I think I know I, I let let's just say I don't think you have to worry. You have contributed to the, to the State of Combat podcast more than anyone else. I I will say that we got a, just a, a amazing email from the the master from Denmark, Ulrich Anderson, who who I know. Mm. Email is an interesting, um, you know, an interesting uh, media or mode of of influencing this podcast. But you should see some of the stuff he writes. He is off the chain with those. He is he he's the only competition you got. And we are talking to the bloke later today. Yes, we don't know we his are. name, mm. but we are talking to him. By the way, do you want to hazard a guess as to who who B Sample Bloke really is? You know, a lot of names were thrown around. You know, Rasky was thrown around. Like, no, not Rasky. He, he's, he's not that much of a button pusher. Uh, he's had, had some, uh, uh, let's see, some controversial tweets and was even, uh, this, is, this is not his first namesake on, um, on Twitter. He had to change it because he was taken down uh, at some point. Uh, you know, and I've spun my wheels and I have no idea who uh, B Sample Bloke is. So I, I, I eagerly anticipate to see if you have unmasked him well alex i'll go ahead and tell you what b sample bloke is not he is not the state of combat franchise champion my friend because that is you the one and only wow am i just describing things wow wow am i engaged in some kind of hitler-esque eugenics talk people people say it's not a real championship what is that but it means something it's real to me damn it Thank you, Alex. This has been great. We need to get the next caller on the line. I'd love to see an organized debate between you, Ulrich, and B-Sample Bloke to figure out who owns 2020, but mm-hmm. you may be the clubhouse leader as we enter the autumn season. Thank you. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can get hear us, me. Uh, get us all together. We'll put our chairs backwards, sit down, uh, and, and talk smack to each other in a Kate to Kate style uh, interview. But I do want to say uh, before I leave the uh, the SOC here, um, I'm just really looking forward to seeing uh, BC uh, this Saturday on the pay-per-view. It's always such a pleasure to see him. And he always speaks so well of the sport and has great interviews. Um, so, you know, BC is really is really top-notch on, on those Showtime uh, broadcasts. And, well, I'm talking to this man like I'm talking to this man, uh, like I'm familiar with him. But, you know, BC, um, Brian Custer. This whole time I so thought you were spoiling can you, me. Can you pass, pass that message for him? Oh my God, uh, I thought you were spoiling him, me this whole time. A fucking Ben Jackson Lubin! Okay, thank you. All right, Alice Godinez, thank you.
Thank you. Thank you guys for everything, for the fun, for the laughs. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, you guys helped me through so many commutes home in this uh, Northern California traffic before COVID and during COVID, uh, keeping us entertained. So I really, really appreciate all of that, guys. So thank you very much for getting in contact. The best thing to ever happen in Sacramento since Buddy healed. That's right. Always thank the you. A-side. Don't forget it. Always. Thank you, Godinez. All right. Uh, we survived my difficulties there. Rafe, we're going to bring on the next caller, although there's no chance he will live up to what we just heard. But this is another white guy. And here we go. Okay. You can't hear me? Hold up. Hold up. Yo, man. Yo, man. It's ringing. I'm going to take a. No, you ain't yeah, pissing. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, this yeah, issue is live, like, bro. Right, I, look, I'm I, I I am taking a piss right now. So yo, 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 relax, back. man. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hey, I'm Homer! trying. To, I'm trying to reach. Hey. Uh, I, it's time to open mouth kiff our listeners, Rafe. Okay, this man right here appreciates campions, knees. Equilibrium. Look, so what's happening is BC's hotel Wi-Fi. My Wi-Fi is terrible right now, and it's functional. I am trying to leave to go drain a lizard. How dare you? But he's just dialing people willy-nilly. I don't really know what's about to happen. All right, we're here. We're, it's happening. It's, it's happening, happening, Homer. Homer, thank you. All right, Homer. We're th- talking. I don't know if BC can be heard or if he's even alive right now. He's kind of moving. I see him moving on my screen. So speak, BC. Uh, thank you, Homer, for joining us. We wanted to thank you for your years of patronage to this podcast and finally let the people hear your voice. Where are we finding you from right now? How are you doing, friend? Man, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm in Washington, D.C. now. I've lived out here uh, for most of my 20s, but I'm originally from Northeast Ohio, like a little bit south of – well, I'm from Canton, Ohio, where the Pro Football Hall of Fame is, yes. so a little south of uh, – is that ba- that's Bandcamp uh, territory? Cleveland, Sean Porter, Sean Porter area, not too far from Akron. Hey Homer, ain't do that? Ba- you, do you know camp? his daddy? I know people. <laughs> I know people that know his daddy. Uh, my brother actually came up in the same gym as Sean Porter, but different uh, different time periods. And some of the the coaches there used to work with Sean a little bit, but uh, Kenny would always work his corner for uh, tournaments. But never met the man. Never met the man. I'm sure you don't understand what that means. Long way. Long way from your brother to say, uh, Do the you understand sack. what that means? It's a long way from the lip to the cup. No. No, not at all. No, no. So I it's not a regional <laughs> thing. Uh, Homer. Oh, no. Did, did no, that's a, that's a Porter thing. Homer, you're Porter basically way. in Bandcamp territory there, right? That's that's Broner country. No, 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 no. That's the opposite side of Ohio, you clown. Ohio's kind of small, bro. Like corn, like uh, Evan Homer corn. Ohio, Just explain big. to him. Explain to him where Cincinnati is and where Canton is. So Canton is up like you're talking about like Canton's like northeast Ohio. So we're talking like Porter up in Akron, Boom Boom Man. LeBron Mancini, James Havlick in Youngstown, LeBron James in Akron. Kelly Cincinnati way down on like the the border with Kentucky. But uh, I did go to college. When I was I went to college down near Cincinnati during Broner's 130 pound run, and I was too broke to go to any of those fights in Cincinnati. But man, like I, I was I was around that area during his come up. Nice, Very nice, nice. He's a Some problem. Some of those Cincinnati fights for for AB, they looked like the the crowds got pretty wild. Like I I remember hearing like what there wasn't there one where Young Thug supposedly got a chain snatched off of him after. Walk after wrapping AB into the ring in Cincinnati. 
I, I don't remember that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they call it Cincinnati for a reason. It's a problem. The get, whole area know, the, is a uh, problem, guys. All right. What was that? The whole area is a problem. I'm glad you're not from there, but it's a pleasure, though, sir. I hope you can hear me. This is a shit show, but it's really on brand for the SOC. Um, Homer, can you tell us uh, how you got into the game? Because you're a you're, you're an average white guy who knows a lot about boxing, knows a lot about law, knows a lot about uh, that a man's equilibrium can only take so much. Yeah. Um... It did exist, first off. Uh, I don't know. We'll probably get into that more into that a little bit later. But uh, so when I was a kid, my my dad was working out with this guy who was a former fighter who he was teaching my dad how to hit the bag and stuff and uh, how, how to, to play, play with, with the, the bag. bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, that guy, he came up from the when he was a, uh, a fighter. He worked out at the Fifth Street gym. And my dad told me, I was like, that sounds awesome. I want to do that, too. So I, I boxed as a kid, uh, and then around the time, and I would watch fights occasionally, but I didn't really follow the sport. And then around the time of Mayweather De La Hoya, I got sucked into that whole 24-7, uh, you know, insanity and all the hype around that fight. And that's what really, like, made me a hardcore. That's when I just was all in at that point. You weren't like a regular fan at that point. You were you were the boxing hardcore, and I appreciate what that series did for our sport. It sounded like you could handle yourself in, in the suburbs of Ohio. Is that true in high school? A little bit, a little bit. The uh, So when I was a kid, my parents, even though I would work with the coach and, like, work out, hit the bags, and we'd do the mitts and everything, my parents wouldn't let me fight. So I was kind of like uh, – David Benavides was a, a man with titties, and uh, <laughs> I was just a really chubby kid. But around the time I was 16, my parents finally agreed to let me fight. So then I, I started losing the weight and uh, got ready, and I had a few fights in my late teens. And, uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it was I, I could do all right. I did all right. <laughs> uh, I did want to ask you a pressing question, Homer, if you can still hear me, of something that just happened. Um, the athletics, Mike Coppinger, a top you know, a quality operator, did just report right now as we speak that yesterday Canelo, DeZone, and Golden Boy stayed up to 11 p.m., not the 5 a.m. that the great John Skipper and Oscar, when they met on the D, did, but to 11 p.m., and they've come away with a possible mediation plan that includes Canelo taking $20 million per bout moving forward and some form of extra upside from how many subscriptions he can raise. Like, that's a good thing if that's real for fans, but if you're Big Red, would, why would you give in right now? Yeah, I saw that, I saw that report, and even though I don't, uh, I don't got that athletic shit, the, uh, that Nobody one got the score right. Free. Yeah, no, no, they didn't get the score right. But uh, honestly, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know why he would accept that. I mean, he's got the leverage right now. He's got it in writing that he gets the 35 mil per fight. I mean, you know, nobody's seen the contract, but based off what's reported. I mean, the alternative is, can he really make that money, you know, at least 20 million anywhere else? I mean, going on pay-per-view. I mean, other than what, the Kodo fight and the two Triple G fights, I mean... You know, he's doing what, like 350, 400,000 buys per Floyd, fight. Bro, and even just back Floyd. of the, you know, back of the, the napkin math, you know, I don't know if he gets, you know, 
close to 20 mil. So it's kind of like, even though he's got it in writing, he might be better off, you know, uh, taking money uh, or taking this new deal rather than walking away and trying to do this all on pay-per-view. Make that money, player. Man, I like. I think that somebody, someone will be. If if Canelo were 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 a free agent, so to speak, at least uh, network wise, I kind of think that he would. Someone at least for one event, the first one would be willing to guarantee him money that they probably aren't making back. I think he could make that money player in the first fight, and then you know, say the numbers don't come back as great as hoped for, then his he's looking at. Um, a little bit of a problem and having to maybe accept less, but he could probably get his guarantee on the open market one more time from someone who just wants to be in the Canelo business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. But the thing is for anybody else, you know, you look at like the Showtime deal with Floyd, from what I understand, they lost money on, you know, of the six fight deals that's taken out the McGregor fight. They lost money on what every fight except for Canelo and Pacquiao. Till Manny. So, I mean, if you're, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was that until Manny until Manny right right so it's you know if, if you're going to pay Canelo that money if you're, if you're losing money with Floyd and what they guaranteed him 20 mil and you're going to guarantee Canelo 35 mil and you know hope you can recoup on a uh, you know you lose money on the first one but then you're in the Canelo business I mean if you're if you're bleeding money I don't know if you want to be in the Canelo business you know no, I don't think that someone. I, look, I don't think that. I think that DAZN wants to be out of the boxing business, but uh, I, I, it wouldn't. I think Showtime, which is very committed to boxing, we've seen. I mean, they've had down years, they have up years. I think that it it makes sense to to put that. You know, it might make sense to to bring that man back to the network where he what he he fought Austin Trout. Did he fight anyone else on Showtime? Yeah, he fought Laura he on pay per view, bro. Showtime pay per view. He fought Laura, right? He fought. Uh, that was he fought Angulo on Showtime pay per view. Okay. Did he so, fight Mosley on? Was the Mosley fight? No, no that, that was on the Kodo Mayweather Kodo undercard. Yes. Right. Uh, well, you yeah. you would. By the way, you would know Homer, right? Because let's let's just get into it. Um, we part of this speed round we're asking everyone is you're you're little. You had a few drinks in you. You were in a hotel or in a casino. It's a boxing weekend. Big pay per view going on in Vegas. Um, you bump. Who, who is? Who would you campeon for? Who would you embarrass yourself for? What fighter would you just lose your your composure around? Oh man, I know all our talks about equilibrium shots has you thinking. I'm going to go with uh, with Mr. Nuts, and I'm looking the way, at the way that I've you've got... tortured me with that 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 harsh truth all these years. I hope you would. Honestly, I was thinking about this and kind of, and I, I've got, I'm standing here looking at a, I've got a signed picture of Miguel Cotto punching Zab Judah in the face. Yes. Uh, but it's kind of a, like a toss up. Like I love, I love Miguel Cotto. You know, he, we're both, you know, kind of the same height. He kind of fought in the way that I thought when, when I watched the Mosley fight, I was like, oh man, like this guy's got skills. And when I actually then got in there and, had a couple amateur fights and I know he would said that he was a bigger guy too. And that had lost weight, you know, and it's just like, I really loved Miguel Cotto, but man, I also being from Northeast Ohio during the rise of Kelly Pavlik, right during my, uh, you know, right when I was becoming a hardcore, 
I mean, I was there when he beat Marco Antonio Rubio and they had all the ring card girls were just girls that won a, uh, a contest from the local rock station. And they looked like they probably were strippers, but you know, that's kind of the Youngstown charm, but like, it's, I kind of, it's a toss up. I, I could go with Kodo and I believe in the equal equilibrium shot and it did happen, but Kelly Pavlik's right up there. He's, He's the one that, like, Northeast Ohio pride, what Boom Boom Mancini kind of did for the region, like, generation, a couple generations before me. Like, that was Kelly Pavlik at the time. And he was big, like, even all the way to Canton, Akron, Cleveland. It wasn't just a Youngstown thing. Like, Northeast Ohio, you know, we go hard for our people. And uh, Pavlik was definitely a big part of my early fandom, too. Well, look, man, having uh, – we've, we've had some experience, uh, at least as media – around both Miguel Cotto and Kelly Pavlik. And I think you're probably, you're probably right. Like go talk to Kelly Pavlik. It will be more fun than stepping to Miguel Cotto because he's just going to like, look you off. Oh yeah. If I, if I pulled a BC and ran up and started screaming at them about my, me can't be owned, me can't be owned. I, yeah. Kelly would be cool. You're damn right. Miguel, not as much, but you know, I could be the, uh, you know, I could be the Brian Probably. in this, uh, my relationship with Miguel. It just takes time. You, Miguel can be cool. You just have to uh, get him to warm up to you, maybe sleep in his bed a little bit. I, I think you need out. to get back to the old Homer who had the, uh, the you know, who, 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 could, who could beat a man while having titties to get inside Miguel Cotto's bed, if you know what I mean. Hey, Brian Perez has been inside Miguel Cotto's bed for, for years, okay? That's, and that's a man who has titties. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And a jerky neck. Shout out to that. Uh, Homer, uh, what is the best fight you have ever been in the building for? Oh, man. Best fight I've been in the building for. You know, the one I mean, that honestly, just probably, made, Because, look, been... sometimes when you're in the building, things give you feels, right? Hey, um, what does it mean, um... When fighting gets you, gets you erect, what does that mean? Yeah, have you had that happen? Have you had a phoner like that? You know, I've only been to I've been a lot to been a lot to a lot of amateur shows, but I've only been to three pro fight cards that Pat I know Rubio one of them. Won. Yeah, the, the Porter Garcia, where I rant you guys uh got to talk to you guys a bit in does, the stands. Does VC remember? Does big time Brian Campbell? have any recollection of that night in Brooklyn when I called him up to say hello to Homer when we were chatting after Garcia and Porter. We both know it did exist. I don't know what you're Okay, good. About. Of course I do. Okay, I was in a hurry to get out of there to go do some, I don't know, podcast or some crap. But yes, of course I do, okay? Uh, so, Homer, you need to get back out there. Do you have plans? Maybe you can... I don't know, wedding crash the bubble for Teo Loma. I mean, that, that should give you a phoner. Oh, yeah, that one would do it. The, and the other, the third fight I'd been to was that Teo versus uh, some Japan guy. Oh, yeah. The, uh, MGM. Ooh, a, a rough night. But, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the undercard on that, yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the best one I ever saw live, I think, was that Konaki-Charles Martin fight on that undercard. With all the nice Polish people going nuts and sands during that. <laughs> that was a good one. That, that was sloppy Super Bowl. That was a very sloppy Super Bowl. Uh, Homer, I could talk to you all night. This has been great. Uh, really getting a chance to touch, feel, experience our listeners. Uh, 
Uh, how's the law game treating you? Do you have any uh, uh, stories of, uh, I mean, you don't have to use intimidation in the courtroom, do you? No, no, no. So I practice uh, veterans law, so I represent uh, vets against the federal government to get their VA benefits. So I'm not I'm not doing all this stuff like uh, Kurt Emhoff. Yes. You know, Mr. Boxing Esquire. Kurt Esquire, uh, yes. But I, I've done some boxing stuff in the past. I've worked for a lawyer where I wrote a contract between a boxer and his manager. Um, unfortunately, the fighter ended up going to jail instead of turning pro, but... Uh, Done some boxing stuff like that, so but the law game's good. Can't complain. Still working during the quarantine, so you know, glad about that. And, and quickly, Homer, we also just to, to to be completists here. If you wanted to tell us a, a favorite bit of sound from over the years that that you know a drop that that particularly uh, lifts your spirits, what would that be? Well, I kind of got a two-parter on that one. So to go back on the work thing, I had a client with the last name Horn. And every time I worked on that case, the little ah. eh, went <laughs> literally every time. And I would just laugh to myself in my office. But honestly, like the goat of all drops are the really anything having to do with Pauly Broner. I want to use it's 2013 uh, in almost daily conversation, but nobody I know would get it. And also, BC, your impression of Broner saying, Polly, I took your belt and your girl becoming Polly. <laughs> Polly. <laughs> I did steal that from Rafe as I steal most of my good material from Rafe says it once, forgets about it. And then it just, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Homer. That, that, those were great. Those are great moments right there. Uh, we are about to ring up the quality broke to finally break the mold on this man. Do you have any, uh, uh, you know, ideas of of what this guy is, who he is, what he represents. Is he British? Is he in the game? And we already know him. Is this George Tadnawipa? Who is this man? So my theory, I've kind of had three running theories. I've had one theory that it is Rafe himself. My other oh. theory is that it is um, Eric Raskin. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him. Uh, and then lastly, it could be Jim Bag Jr. BC, I know you're right that Jim Bag usually uh, use the same four jokes ad nauseum. Yes, but you know maybe maybe he's switching it up a bit. You know, trying to cover his identity. I know that they had some uh, back and forth before uh, Bag quit, and I think Bag may have just been kind of laying the seeds to try and make it seem like it wasn't him. Very interesting stuff. Homer, thank you for your time, your patronage. We hope to see you on the other side, friend. Yeah, thank you, guys. And, you know, Brian, I've been following you since the ESPN days on the uh, the Saved by the Bell boxing pod. Or, I'm not boxing pod, boxing chat. Yes. Better than the Friday chat. And, Rafe, I've been following you since the Grantland days when I used to, I used to only check Grantland for Eric Raskin content after we left the ring. But then, honestly, like once I found your content, that was go-to as well. Yo, Joe, uh, Raskin's my boss now. The he's, 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 the, he's the man. <laughs> yeah, he's still the man. He's still the man. But, uh, you know, I'm excited for the new chapter for you guys. And uh, even if the SOC is gone, you know, uh, I guess I'll check it out on Morning Combat. Thank you, Homer. Thank you so much. Rafe, go pee your pants already, all right? Thank you. Thank you. You finally got the score right. Sir. Thank you. 
All right, Rafe, we fought through some extreme difficulties. And just to let the people know, Rafe, uh, we wanted to get Ulrich Anderson. He was unable to connect with us. Robbie Rinaldi was busy. All right, who was our other bloke we were going to get? Uh, Logan Dobson, yes. the uh, the Republican comms guru, guru which, I, I mean, I, I know we don't, we, don't do, we don't do politics on this show, and I don't think we should, but I think it's, I, I am, I, it warms my heart that we can have, like you just mentioned, Robbie Rinaldi. He is a uh, union organizer by trade, which yes. is typically means he has pretty liberal politics. And our guy, Logan Dobson, you know, he has Republican politics. Like uh, boxing is can can bring us together in yes. some ways. I don't want to act like the world is perfect or nothing, but shit. And I, I love have, all you. I have asexual I will, po- I wanna, politics. I want to kiss you. I have conspiratorial politics, so it's perfect, Rafe. Okay, all right. Uh, shout out to all our people. Look, I wish we could have called everybody, but now is really arguably the most. This is the main event in a lot of ways because of this man's importance to our show. Because of the mystery surrounding him, one of our better listeners, a controversial listener, a man who might be British. I'm going to hit, you know, we're going to do it. Here we go. Let's try to find out who the B sample is. All right. It's ringing. It's calling. It's connecting. Hey, this is Todd. I can't come to the phone right now, but if you leave me your name and number and I'll get back to you. You, oh, oh my God! I didn't, I didn't even. Sorry, catch that mailbox is full. Oh, thank God. you for calling. I'm Goodbye. DMs. I'm in his DMs. Oh uh, my God! Oh God! I can't even leave a message. This guy is a. This is. He sounded very American, though. Did you hear that? Did not sound British to me, but he could have had his, um, his American bloke friend. His maybe report his, that. Maybe his boyfriend. Maybe his boyfriend's American, and he gave that it's, number. It's, it's 2020, Brian. I, I, look, look, Twitter personalities, anonymous Twitter personalities, sleep with a lot of men and women. <laughs> I mean, look, he wouldn't be the only one in boxing who would be a big fan of beautiful guys. So uh, if that's the way he's he's swinging, you know, that's fine. I mean, look, uh, females get to me sometimes too. Attention seeking eyes, females. You know, when a female trying to get some attention, how they do every anything to try to make somebody you know what i mean look at them or okay come. okay bud we got you uh we, we know you're the b-e-s-t all right uh rafe um if he doesn't pick up when i call a second time then uh yeah i'm sorry if my lip reading is correct he called him a bitch wow okay. wow Did maybe you... maybe the bloke doesn't want to be revealed which i look i understand we we while i did connect with him and got his phone number he, I don't have a name. I don't, I don't know who this bloke I think he is. Said Todd, didn't he say hi? This is Todd. I couldn't tell. It was, it was his one syllable name. Todd DeBuff. Poss- wow, that would be quite a burner. Imagine, imagine. just imagine. Imagine all the people. Wow. Should I ring it again or no? What do you got here? What well, he got? has not responded to. He said he would be driving home from work at this time of day, yeah. and said it would be okay to call him. Yeah. Uh, I did. So you know, eight minutes ago. Oh, 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 might have bad service out here at the lake. He just wrote back. Wow. Okay. What does that mean? Lake what? Uh, wow. Camp wow. Crystal Lake. This is going to be interesting. I'll try it. Uh, I'll try He to- says, let me know if he needs to call. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I want to try him one more time. Let's see if he can connect. Lake. Rafe Lake. Okay, this is this is live television. This is good stuff. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see if Todd is there, DeBuff. Let's see. 
CFC sample. He's been da- downgraded to C sample. Rafe, okay. Wow, hey, this wow, is called. Right. I can't come to the oh, phone right now, oh, but if you leave oh, me oh, a number, oh, I'll get back God, to you. Oh, God. Oh, oh. Should we leave a message? You can't. Sorry, that mailbox is full. Oh, Thank you man, for calling. Goodbye. All right, Rafe, I gave you the number to give to this man. I'll give him one more chance, but this is getting saucier at the moment. He's American, unless it's his burner, right? This is the wire. Omar's coming, right? You know, something's going to happen. He, 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 Bloke could have killed a man named Todd and just took his phone. And I did. Have you ever seen the Cinemax show Banshee? It's not as good as Cinemax shows of our youth, yes. but it's very good. How, were you a big Shannon Tweed guy? Not really. Oh. I forget what she was. I'm too young, man. What? In the 90s, she was my everything. Before she got married, Gene, Gene uh, from Kiss and got all Gene Simmons and got all gross and plastic surgery. When she was in her late 30s, I'm talking like Night Eyes 1, 2, and 3 with Andrew Stevens. I'm talking about all those movies around 94, 95. Oh, man, bro. Right? I do remember when Stacey Dash showed up in a Cinemax yeah, movie, and I, that, that, that was life-changing was for moment. me. Look. One of the differences, Brian, between growing up in uh, what Litchfield County or somewhere in no, Connecticut. I grew up in the. Here's the deal, okay? I may live in the comfortable, snooty burbs these days in Connecticut because because I can, uh, because I want my kids to not have the education I had. But I grew up in the armpit of Connecticut. I grew up in the Naugatuck Valley, the industrial, the the factory towns. Okay, Naugatuck, Connecticut. Look it up if you don't know that. Look it up, okay, bro. All right, you got to be tough to come out of there. This ain't. I believe you, this man. Ain't I know. I know what's up. I, Manhattan. I look, we've right? we've both in our lives, strangely enough, written. I believe for the Waterbury Republican American yes. out there. I, I in had two Litchfield tours of County. duty. And the Waterbury I got to cover Rosa DeLauro, who's on the other side of the state, Dude, but wait, also what very blue collar. Did you write for Waterbury Republican? Because I was there from '98 to uh, to '01, and then again in '06. I just I was the Washington correspondent while a student because what where year, you know bro? bro give me a this, year what's up give it's me Loki? a year I need a year. a year 2005 beginning of 2005 wow all right no I, I was there in 2004 so you you were there a year after that's crazy. I had my editor I be, I can't quite remember it's a long ass time ago 2004 2005. I think it was an editor was named some Lynn something. Yes. Does that? I know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What was, what wow. was Lynn like in person? Uh, old Lynn Maxwell. Shout out to Lynn yeah, Maxwell. Yeah, that's it. Yes. Um, you know, it's weird as I think I told you this before. So that's a good ass newspaper, a small regional, you know, Waterbury is a city with 100,000 people and growing up the sports columnists there, Rafe were Woj from ESPN. And Mike Puma from the New York Post, who covers the Mets, and that was it was that was freaking fantastic, you know. You know, working with myself and Maccabi Games champion uh, Eric Raskin at YouBetYourAss.com right now is another former oh, colleague oh, of Woj's, John come. Brennan. Here bloke. it comes, Rafe. You ready? Got I got to interrupt this to merge the bloke in. I, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I've I've received the bloke's tip. I'm I'm touching the bloke. I'm bringing him in. Quality to the B sample of the bloke. Are you with me? Please tell me. Are you with me? I'm with you. Wow, Rafe. Oh, oh, this is a, is a British moment. Accent? No, that's a that's an American accent, bro. Give us something. Bloke. Bloke. I know yeah, it's an American accent. 
There it is. There yes. it is. Quality bloke, the really, you know, up there in the in the Mount Rushmore of the Godinez territory in terms of the greatest, most passionate, most, you know, educated of in terms of, you know, a hardcore, not a regular fan. One of our favorites of all time. But Rafe, a man shrouded in mystery bloke. How much of the man are you willing to reveal? Just the tip. Only the tip. <laughs> you think you think you're safe, man, but. Believe me, we have a team that can analyze the tip. I have a group of analysts who receive the mm-hmm. tip, they review the tip, uh, they analyze the tip information. And uh, bloke, let's start here. We thank you. We we open mouth mouth kiss you here as you interrupt your time at the lake to talk to us on what is the final episode of the SOC. Um, uh, you know. Can you tell us the origin of your fandom? Can you tell us anything? Can we put the pieces together? Are you British? Tell us something. I'm not British. I'm actually American, but I am a day one farhead. I'm a day one ropes head. Mm. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. So this solves a couple of things. This is not Todd DeBuff. This is not Eric Raskin. This is not George Tadnawipa, although I think he went, you know, grew up on the same reservation with him. It's possible. Let's just say I may have starred Carson Jones once or twice. Nice. Wow. Did you did you did you have him over over Kell Brook in that first fight? I did not. It's probably correct. But I but I I was pulling for JoJo Dan. All right. Are you also pulling for Omira Figueroa by any chance? Oh, absolutely. Especially when she's wearing the. uh, the old jumpsuit. All right. Good thing we're a couple hours into the show. No one will hear this of any uh, consequence. Hey, what are you going to do? Cancel the show, right? I mean, really, what are you going to do? What are you it's over do? already. It's yeah. already over. Already. Don't fall in love with the podcast that no longer exists. <laughs> Rafe, this guy blokes solid, okay? Uh, he, you know, I don't know. He may have touched a girl. You know, he may, have, he may have choked out a woman at some point in his life. I don't know his background. He's very mysterious, but this guy's one of us. I can tell. Okay, Rafe? I mean, you, you needed to I, – I didn't need to speak to the man to know that, Brian. Um, Bloke, I wanted to ask you, um, how do you – how wh- – and obviously you may not want to divulge all the information, but um, how, do you, how do you know so much about this game? How do you Larry Holmes this stuff? Because we see you in the DMs. We see you on Twitter, and you, you go deep. You go deeper than a lot of media, to be honest. Just say I have a few sauces, as Mike Coppinger likes to say. Wow. Interesting. So I feel like you're on the peripheral of this game. A little bit. I touched the tip, and that's about as far as I go. (laughs) Um, uh, Assuming that your Oklahoma area code places you somewhere around that state, how are 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 you um are you a longtime fan of uh, knucklehead Sean Gibbons and the knucklehead crew Buck Smith all those old Oklahoma uh, rascals who who took boxing by storm once upon a time? Absolutely, yeah, Viva Sean. Okay, okay, uh, bloke. Uh, there's been a you know a rivalry on this show between you and and you know a man from Sacramento who we just just recently chatted with. Uh, Alex Godinez, what's going on, brother? Uh, Alex Godinez is trying to claim a few things, all right? So most of them negative about you, but first and foremost that he's got 2020 on lockdown. 
because he got us Dwyer by sliding into to Dwyer's DMs and getting us that famous shout out, which led to the interview, of course. And he also believes that, you know, he gave us deep dive on the drop that one time and one time only. And, you know, he's been, he's you know, I mean, look, this happened. Before I go further, let me give a shout out to two gamblers, Brian and Rafe. I've heard of you guys. Yeah, and we've heard of, he heard of us because of Godinez. Are you at any sort of level of fear that this man, you know, is taking everything you work for back, taking it back? Let's just say in the Dwyer household, that wasn't a draw. Oh! Wow! Dinez, he might, he might have to, he might have, one, you guys might have to meet in Temecula. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, Bloke, we've been having fun with people and, and, and just reveling in their fandom. You've shared with us in the past, you have attended, you know, fights in your side of the globe, which is the middle part of our great country. Uh, what's the best fight you've ever been in the building for? That, that, you know, that if I can bring in Jake Hager for one second, that, that you know, gave you the, the movement. You know what? I'm rock hard right now with emotion. I got a phoner. I uh, definitely developed a phoner sitting down watching uh, Lenny Z versus Alex Sacedo. Oh, Oklahoma my God. That was, a, that was a Larry Holmes moment. That, that fourth a, round, a good Lord. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God! Look at that! Wow. Uh, that double and regasm, then, if you will. Will Will you? Yes. Oh, yeah. And then the double regasm was uh, uh, the house that Alan Green built in Buffalo Run when I saw uh, um, Abel Ramos versus Baranchik. Um, Baranchik. Ooh. 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 Oh, dig it again! Dig it again! Rafe, these are like. This is a man after your own heart. If is is he going to tell me that he showed up in Riga, Latvia, to see Myris Brightest that one time? Well, you you speak of the devil, kind of, because one thing that bloke mentioned to me in the DMs yesterday was that we better talk cruisers right now. Um, who do you like? Who do who? It's a tough. That's a tough fight for me to to call. Honestly, do you do you who do you favor uh, in Brightus and and Dordikos? The Latvian is more to my liking. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> He's a, he gets right to the point, Rafe. He's a man of few words. All right. If he if he can avoid the lullaby song from Dory Coast, yes, I think he's got. Yes, I think he's. Good. It was hot. Yes, yes, it was good. You feeling it? Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> uh, book. Do you dabble in the skinhead at all? I mean, I know it's not made for you know. Not everybody wants to see two grown men in panties roll around, right? You know, you're from the hood. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the the last time I checked, you know, I am a Kelly Pavick fan, but uh, I'm not covered in tattoos, so no, I don't. Okay, okay. You know who's a big Kelly Pavick fan? Homer. We just talked to him as well, Rafe. These are good people, all right? Our people are good people, Rafe. Okay? You got that? Can we you- know this. We know this already. Okay, um, yeah. So the uh, the programmed part of the uh, the, the, the evening tonight, um, we've been asking everybody this. We want to know, uh, for starters, bloke, who, what, what, I, out of all of the sound that we play, all of the ridiculousness, the drops on this podcast over the years, do you have a favorite? Uh, anything with Crazy Angel, uh, you know, Oscar, you know, hit, hit him on the D, <laughs> you know, fish scales, little Tyrone Philly style, you know, Bert, yeah, early, early. <laughs> Yes, yes. 
Wow. Um, so, Bloke, earlier today I did approach uh, Jermel and Jermall and did bring up the time, you know, I was sent to hell separately by both of them. I did say did to Jermall. Yeah, I go, Jermell, you freaking called me Mike on national television. I know it got edited out. And I'm like, you know, Coppinger, really? I, I, My quote was, he looks like a squirrel. And Jermell said, you think I know? I don't even know what he looks like. So, you know, like, there you have it. There you have it. He, did, he gave you a teddy? He was like, you think I care about that guy <laughs> who wrote those things from those sources at that time? <laughs> uh, do you do you have a belief in both uh, Charlos this weekend, Bloke? I mean, if you if he ain't a lion, you're a snake. <laughs> yeah, that is true. If he ain't a lion, he'll, he'll dog you. If you ain't a lion, indeed. Wow, Rafe, this if, is amazing. If Gary Vachenko can get inside on him, you know, get in that ass, so to speak, I think he has a chance. But I I, I don't favor I don't favor the banana landing much all night. I think he's gonna he's gonna get worked over. I love it. Uh, Bloke, you're obviously a, a, a top operator uh, in terms of being your boxing fandom. That's why you get us and we receive you. Uh, do you, you know, outside of the outside of the work I've, I did on the Usyk Belu fight, which will, you know, live in infamy. Uh, do you have Double a keep up. do you have a favorite all star announced team? If you could if you could reach around the globe reach around it actually in, in, uh, and, and choose your all-star team these days in boxing. Rafe doesn't like these questions in entertainment. He don't care. Okay. You think Rafe, Rafe I don't respect no broadcast. Rafe listens with the Brian sound Campbell. down. Yes. Uh, who's your, who's the best in the game right now? Who's the all bloke first team announcing? Well, play by play. There's only one name. And that's Jim Lampley. Yes. Yes. But, uh, if I'm, if I'm going to, they're going to provide the color, you know, Larry Merchant, you know, he is the GOAT. But, you know, I did watch a few, you know, the zone broadcast, the plaster of the local council. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go with my boy DC on color. Okay. Okay. And, and then, and then definitely, uh, definitely Cousin Roy as the third man. Yes. 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 I like that. You know I how like hard that. you got to punch somebody to break an eyeball? Yes. Yes. I ran into Moro Ronaldo this morning in the bubble. His hair is jet black. It looks like Elvis in the 68 comeback special. It's fantastic. It's long. It's wild. Brian, you're, you're, you're tight with Moro. Have you ever talked to him about that hair? Did you ever, did you ask him about plugs? Oh, how dare you? Really? Come on. What? He can't talk. You can't ask him about where does, where'd the hair come from? I, I, I'm not entertaining this conversation. Okay. I love that. All right. All right. Yeah. This is over. You know? Turn off your about, damn station. Tell me, about, uh, tell me about your experience in the bubble. Besides the late night bedroom diaries, you know, little bro out sesh between you and Luke. What's going on in the bubble? You know, were you able to sneak in some New Haven's finest pizza and hookers from Chad Dawson? What's going on? <laughs> they do have peppies here. Yes, I have not had that yet. I've been doing a, uh, been trying to avoid the beef so I don't shit myself all the time, but I've been, you know, rocking out room service, little Chick-fil-A visits. It's it's actually a little bit lonely, okay? Luke and I have been getting drunk at night and doing podcasts, but uh, outside of that, it's, it's fine. It's good. You know, I, I had this conversation today that I've, boxing has brought me to a lot of casinos, right? And if your only experience of casinos is either the two very upscale Mohegan or Foxwoods in Connecticut or the very upscale ones that we get to go to for fights in Vegas, you would think casinos are a decent place, a happy place. But I've been in Verona at like 1130 p.m. after a fight 
It, it's it, it's dark and not happy at all, bro. And I'm sure out there in Miami, Oklahoma, in your area, I'm sure it's just as gross. Um, Mohegan has a way of of still making you feel good about yourself when you walk around it. All right. The people just want to know have have you have you seen the man, the myth, Uncle Al Heyman in the bubble? No, I mean you know you I, no no I haven't no I haven't. You know, you just, do we know that Al is there? He should be there. Right? I heard, you know, I'll, I'll break walls here. I've heard that he does not travel to fights anymore, like basically in general, and would only go for like a giant Wilder pay per view type type deal. Okay, so he's so what? He's just in. He lives in Ohio, right? True, but with his with his mama apparently. But then again, when you ask like Leonard Ellerby, they always drop that like. <laughs> screw face from Mark for death line of like, he's everywhere, you know, like he's around, he could be around the corner, you know? So I never really know, but, uh, do you think, okay, you, you did this, you brought up Mark for death. Are there, are, is there a twin? Are there two Al Heyman's that, that they, they go around playing us all by, by having doubles. Spookiness of two head and four eyes. And that is the secret to his magic. Wow. Wow. Wow, right? I want what I did. Wow. Uh bloke, do you speak Seagal? Are you in are do you do you are you like us? Oh I, yeah, I do speak Seagal. I was definitely a you know, a Mark for Death fan. I was I was actually more of a Stallone fan growing up though. I can respect oh, that. Uh, what which what Stallone movies? Cobra, baby. Cobra all the way. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that's Cobra, was... uh definitely some Rambo. You know, Last Blood Part Two. Hell yes! All right. All Did right. you watch the most? Have you watched the new the new Rambo's that are just outrageously violent? <laughs> they set records. Yeah, I actually, I saw the the Rambo. I will probably came out what was it 2016? Right. I haven't seen I haven't seen the new one. The new one's actually been on my uh, Amazon Prime queue for about a year, and I <laughs> hadn't gotten around to do it. That, that's what happens on those cues, man. They just last forever and ever and ever. Uh, uh, another one of these questions we wanted to ask everyone, bloke, um, was you know, imagine you are uh, you know you're you're a few drinks in at the at the casino. It's a big fight weekend. You know, <laughs> Abel Ramos, Ivan Baranchik type big fight. Um, who do you uh, who do, who would you campaign for, Brian Campbell style? Just embarrass yourself in front of. Uh, because they're just they they were just such great fighters that you you want to call them out and run up and embarrass yourself. Man, I'd probably can't be on pretty hard if I you know if it was a big fight. Vegas, Cal Smith, Canelo, and I see Darren Barker walk through the hall. Uh, oh no! no. Have, Did he have, have business? Ask, he had no I'd business. I'd have to ask him. He had no business getting up from that body shot. Yes, That's right. Yes, right. gets, gets washed gill. Love it. Well, hopefully, man, he would not uh, play you like he did BC because I was there that night. BC tried two times in two separate casinos, and Barker was not having it. What's the story about Ricky Lopez trying to steal your girl? Yeah, <laughs> I was there for that. Yep, it had. It, it, it did exist. It did exist. It, it, it I, ex- I can say it did exist. We were there <laughs> after Paulie versus Danny Garcia. At the at the fight hotel, um, my my girl who we're still together, we're still together for the in living color fans out there. Um, my wife, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yet, but probably. Um, 
Yeah, so we were there together. Her sister was in town, which is funny because her sister is a doctor. Um, and I took them to the boxing after party in the hotel uh, in the hotel bar downstairs uh, in Brooklyn. It was you, me, Todd Grisham, Nigel Collins, and David Shoemaker of all people. Right, the the masked man, the wrestling guy, because this was back in the Grantland days. Uh, yeah. Mike Coppinger was there. I remember when he was. Well, I guess that was ring days for Cop, and. He, so anyway, um, Team DSG had took just taken over the all the seats, all the tables in the thing, and Ricky Lopez was hanging out with them. And remember, we saw Johnny Dang, who who is unfortunately not as big a, a fixture on the boxing scene these days as yes. he used to be. But TV Johnny came through and set up shop at a table just by himself. Yo, so with TV Johnny a, uh, ordered like Chinese takeout just for himself. <laughs> it was just housing it in the middle of the Latin Goonies party. That was great. <laughs> with like, you know, of course, uh, a few hundred thousand dollars worth of gold around his neck and diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's always got the grill in. And so while I was... They, while we were all there just hanging out, you know, Ricky Lopez start, comes up and starts talking to my girlfriend and her sister. And, you know, he he, he was shooting his shot. Thankfully, um, <laughs> thankfully, he didn't he didn't he didn't take my belt or my girl that night. What can I say? <laughs> you know, well, that was pretty close to 2013, Rafe. And, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> fighters do sleep with a lot of women. <laughs> Yes. I got more girls than Adrian Bonus got hairs on his head. Okay? I've been with more girls. Yeah. I got more I've been with more girls than the whole band camp's been put together. If you combine all the girls band camp's been with, I've been with more of them put together. Uh bloke, would you uh if you had a chance to hook up with Jessica, you know, famed Jessica of that fight, would you do it just for the just for the, the feeling and the notoriety? So you could get Paulie's side piece. Oh, absolutely. Just to say I took Paulie's side piece. <laughs> Great stuff. Don't be bragging about taking his side piece, man. Don't, don't. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Rafe, did you love talking to to bloke right now? I mean, it was done. Did you like that? I loved it. I did. I, I, I loved did. it. Rafe, I loved do you it, have Brian. any closing questions for this man? I mean, you're talking to this well, man like just, you're talking to this man. I, I am talking to this man and champ. Um, you know, I think you're ready. I think you've had all the pies. You're ready, champ. You are. You are ready to go. Uh, to strap it on and go toe to toe with Alex Godinez for the uh, franchise championship belt of SOC. But I, since we've been asking everybody, I did want to ask, uh, you know, throw us a uh, throw us a classic state of combat. What would it look like mythical matchup to uh, to imagine? How about I go a current one and say. Betsy Sergio, you know, it, the knees, they're responding. They are responding. It was an equilibrium shot <coughs> against uh, against uh, Oscar, you know, coming wow. back from the retirement after, you know, 10 years. What it looks like 2021, big fight to save Golden Boy in the zone. Wow. All right, and this this is a fight that could actually happen since, of course, Sergio is now ranked in what, the WBA or one of them. And, uh, and Oscar looks like he's in good shape again. He's done it. Oscar likes to tease the bag on us a little bit. He never actually does the sloppy comeback. But let's say it happens. They do. Let's uh, first of all, before this fight happens, I'm going to stipulate that Sergio fights Chavez Jr. again and wins again. I don't know if that would actually happen, but I just want to imagine it. Then he goes on to fight Oscar. I got it. It's tough. Uh. I love watching. Uh, yeah, I love watching Delahoya. Oh, Delahoya was a freak, yeah. 
uh, you think? There's a couple of freaks in that fight, Brian. Do you, do, you, do you know who wins this already? I was more considering, do you think they'd consider sleeping together afterwards? I mean, it's, you know, too soon? Too, no? No, I mean, sorry. Wrong show. Oh, are we You're good friends? That, uh, the great boxing Twitter picture of him and Antonio Margarito with Margarito holding his baby. They look like the best gay couple you ever seen. <laughs> the, the deepest V-necks we've ever seen on boxers. Um, I would love that fight. I don't boxing would win. I would win. Okay. I mean, I just, you can't tell if Oscar is going to, I mean, he's going to be washed, but is he going to be like, like extra sloppy, gross washed, or is he going to come back and have a jab? You know, look, is he going think... to get a tune up fight? Cause you know, uh, sexy Sergio is going to have two by the time the year ends. Saw right. so on, uh, saw so on Twitter. He's, uh, he signed to fight, uh, some Finland guy. Oh, <laughs> In December, Ulrich Anderson. No, Ulrich is from Denmark. We don't mix up the Scandinavian countries here. Um, look, um, I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Like Oscar, for all of his comeback talks and and when he jumps rope and stuff and and loses weight for two weeks while he's you know detoxing, um, <laughs> he looks good, you know. Yeah. But he hasn't been in the ring since since God knows when, right? Since Manny beat him in two thousand eight. So. Uh, I would go with the man who has fought many times since 2008, both as a prime and wash fighter, and that would be Serge, Sexy Sergio. That's great. That's amazing. Bloke, thank you for your time. Uh, we have outed you as an American, but we'll leave it at that. It's been great having you service us, and hopefully we can keep giving it to you. Thank you. It did exist. Rafe, that's one of the best things that ever happened to me. That this moment right here, okay? It lived up to We're, expectations. We we make moments here. That's what we do. It actually exceeded expectations. Okay. Uh, let's, it happened, Brian. It happened. This is like let me let me be Jim Lampley right now and grab you by the by the lapels and say, yes, he's real. <laughs> he's the greatest. He is the finest whatever I've ever any seen. destroyer that I've ever seen. You're damn right he's for real. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's keep this train rolling, okay? This is a wild. Wi- Thank you, by the way, for hijacking your own life to do this with me, to grab our what people. What life, baby? This is my life. To grab our listeners. Hello? To stick our tongues in oh. our listeners' mouth. Johnny Sig from Las Vegas to our hearts, to our ear holes. Johnny Sig... I'm going to need you to give the SOC a PSA of the day, bro. I'm going to tell you this, guys. Go out there. First of all, wash. Wash your mother effing hands. Yes. Now, okay? Stay positive. You know, stay focused on the good things that are available in life. Your family. Old school martial arts movies. You know, whatever you like. Video games. All that type of stuff. Focus on that. Enjoy life, you know, enjoy boxing when it's good, you know, enjoy any sport you like. And, you know, BC and Rafe, it's an honor to be on your show. Man, you guys are the best out there that does it. Wow. Uh, Rafe, all I can say to Johnny Sig right now is thank you, sir. Thank you for loving us, supporting us, spreading the word, uh, being in this game with us as a podcaster, quasi-journalist, a leave-it-in-the-ring all-star who is now expanding his brand and his his bulge to different areas, to famous Italian actors. Johnny Sig, I wanted to uh, congratulate you on all your expansive success of late. 
Well, thank you. I'm going to look at the whole man whenever I bring someone on, you know, an actor, a musician, uh, and just expand a little bit because what happened during the pandemic is obvious is that we all looked for different resources. We looked for different things to do and talk about because there was no boxing, there was no sports. But before that had happened, I started to kind of like kind of cross over a little bit and bring on Bobby Kimball from Toto who actually nice. sang Africa, which was ridiculous and gave me goosebumps on my show. And, you know, just started to branch out a little bit and, and think about things that I could do. And, and I really liked interviewing people. I really liked the engagement and I'm like, let me go, uh, you know, towards this direction. So yeah, I'm doing the life network right now. Thank you for plugging it. Um, and also, um, what I'm trying to do is do a boxing show once a month and, uh, you know, MMA show, but enough about me guys. I mean, first of all, Rafe, congratulations on picking up employment again. Yes. Hey, it feels good. <laughs> of course it feels good. It feels good to catch a check. <laughs> exactly. You know, everybody got to eat, baby. <laughs> we all got to eat, baby. Johnny and, and boy UPC. in the house. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm in the bubble at the moment. Okay. It's, it's Mohegan territory here. All right. Double Charlo. Uh, bro, do you have a phoner for double Charlo this weekend? Or are you, are you coming in like Rafe? Where you're like, all right, I'll do it. I'll give you my hard earned money. Are you, are you a little That's bit? That's not true. Up? I like these fights, man. Why are you, why are you always, I, just, I, I don't need to sell it that hard. I, they're good fights. What do you want me to say? Anyway, please, Johnny, go ahead. I think the fights are good. I think the card's good, but come on, guys. $75, and why are they still charging, like, HD prices? Like, we're in 2020, you know, especially during quarantine. And remember back in the day, like, in 2002, when you first got, like, HD, it's like, you know, you can upgrade from the standard definition to the HD. You know, it's like, all right, I'll pay the extra 10 bucks. Don't I already pay that in my cable package? But anyway, well, I think it's a great card. Um, I think uh, Jamel Charlo and Rosario is a very good fight. Yes. Uh, there's a lot at stake there. There's a lot at stake there. Uh, J- J- Rosario is, is a very good fighter. And, and Jamel, he's a very emotional fighter. Uh, I think that what happened with him with the loss with Tony Harrison and also for his brother was a blessing in disguise. I think that it motivated them to understand that these things happen in the sport. We can lose. We're not perfect. We're not impervious. And so what I think that they did from that moment, I see a different resurgence in both those guys is to be more responsible Uh, for Jamal Charlo against Devonchenko, which I think is an explosive fight. How much did Devonchenko get punished against triple G? I mean, I think, Demerchenko won that fight, but that took a lot out of Demerchenko, guys. That's what Rafe was saying this week, that parts of his face are still on the mat at MSG. Totally. And in the fight I'm really looking forward to this weekend is a sleeper that no one's really talking about. Josh Taylor is coming back against a very dangerous opponent. Really? You, so, have, you, have you been able to watch some of that Thailand guy? Like, sh- that we should take him serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, we should take him serious. He's 16 and 13 KO. Wow. Okay. But he's come yeah. on. He's fighting pie. He's eating pies right now, Johnny. Don't 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 he's play me. Shannon Briggs style. He's going Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> this ain't Jorge Cole. He's going for the pies. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's been eating Thai. He's been eating Thai pies all this time. I, I mean, so so I want. I'm 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 interested in this because I I, lo- I mean I like listening to you break down fights, and you know like 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 Larry Holmes. You know this game. Like like why do you think that, that like everyone has kind of been writing off. Um, <laughs> I, be, I, I, what, I forget his name. Apunan Kong Sung. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, people have been writing yeah. him off as Tong Po, whatever you want to call him. Um, yeah, people have been writing him off as just a you know uh, kind of a walkover for Taylor. Um, but you think there's something there? There is something there. I think Taylor could win. Obviously, um, I, I think that he's got a great opportunity in position to win, especially when he beat, you know, Progray, like that was an amazing victory in my opinion, because I thought Regis was just really coming into his own. And I Mm -hmm. thought he was going to come into that fight against Taylor and dominate. Uh, You know, everyone's vulnerable. Everyone has an opportunity. I mean, when you see that 16 and 0 with 13 KOs, that stands out. It's like, oh man, this guy might have potential. This guy might have something here. And we know these tie fighters are no joke. And we can talk about that too, because I was just watching Kickboxer the other day. And wow, what a great movie. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Tong Po was not a Thailand guy in real life, right? It was uh, it was Van Damme's Egyptian friend. El Ali? Oh, was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's true. Uh, but uh, I, I tell you what, you guys reviewed um back uh, a couple months ago, Marked for Death. And I'm a yes, big Steven Seagal guy. But race. I gotta agree with you. Sorry, BC. You know I love you, brother. Oh, how dare you! Don't. Alpha Justice is the one. Alpha there you Justice go. Yeah. Why? Why, Brian? Do you not recognize what they did? How, why they did Bobby Lupo like that? You can't. You can't go around talking like like Gino Folino is not the man here. Here's the difference, though. So Alpha no. Justice is Commando, right? It's Seagal's Commando, which is like if you are in the mood. Like for that fast food cheeseburger that's going to be so When you're not in the mood for Commando and Out of Justice, are you ever not in that mood? Whereas Marked for Death is like a little more serious. Like these, like you want to talk about credible villains and there's two of them, bro, okay? Like they're coming for your family, bro, okay? They almost raped his sister, brah. All right? You want some blow? You want some blow? Yeah, I want some blow. Put your hands where I can see them. That was some terrible stuff. I'll give you that. But when Steven Seagal stuffs that guy in the phone booth, when he's looking for Bobby Lupo, and with the golf ball and all, rather the cue ball or whatever, and he stuffs that guy in the phone booth twice, not only once, but twice, that's pretty impressive. That's like Darth Vader type stuff. I mean, I love beef, right? And it's just the difference between top-end fast food beef. You get your fast food, make you flip cheeseburgers, or go into, like, the steakhouse and ordering a badass, like, professional burger, right? They're both great, okay? All right? Uh, another hot beef injection. Look, yes. look, look, look. BC, I want to get... I let j- You just sit back for a second, BC, because okay, I want to get deeper... With uh, with Johnny here about some some real deep cuts in the action. Can you genre. look at the whole man, please, please? Let's look. No, Brian, you have not looked way. at the whole man. man like we have. I know you haven't. Um, are you uh, Johnny? Are you down with like you know Michael Dudikoff, American Ninja, and uh, Jeff Speakman, the perfect the, the perfect weapon, and that crazy movie with Gary Daniels back in the day, Firepower? Like, talk to me about some of your your favorite under-the-radar action class. Yeah, like when Billy Blanks is a janitor, I'm there, okay? I'm tuning in. Jeff Speakman, I got the power in the beginning when he's warming up and the nunchucks and doing his whole, like, 
routine. I am a huge 80s and 90s martial arts fan, and we need those movies to run back. I actually had Eric Roberts on my show a couple times recently, and he's such a great guy, first of all. Him and his wife, amazing. And I was saying, like, if you guys ever do Best of the Best Part 5, please bring me on as henchman number five, where <laughs> I come in and I say two terrible words of line dialogue because I'm not an actor, and you just beat the shit out of me. And it would be amazing. You know, uh, so segueing into that is the best of the best part two is my favorite martial arts movie of all time. I'll tell you multiple reasons why. First of all, Eric and Philip Ree are amazing. Eric Roberts, Philip Ree, and the guy who played Brackus, Wayne yep. Newton. Yep. That movie, would, it blew my mind. Like, I was in a martial arts academy at the time, Taekwondo, and we all loved the best of the best. It was such a great movie in terms of, like, you know, they went to the Olympics and they did all this great stuff and it was positive, but there was a little bit of bad stuff in there. And you had James Earl Jones, who obviously is Darth Vader's voice and he's very commanding. And then the next movie took a, a turn. It just went a different direction. And we all went out as a dojo to watch this movie. And within 15 minutes, one of the main characters gets killed off by Brackett. Spoiler alert, guys. If you haven't seen this movie yet, I'm sorry. I mean... I'm ready to spoil it right now. I'm ready to spoil it. I'm thinking of it. Yeah. It's it, so, it, it just, it really, I love the fight choreography, like the way they did things and, and to understand and, and know, um, you know, Philip Ree and Simon Ree and Eric Roberts and what they went through. It's, it's an amazing process. So it's not only because I know them on a personal level, but it's also because I know them, you know, from what I've seen as a kid, like that, that movie was to this day, it holds up. Like, the only other martial arts movie, and a lot of people wouldn't consider this a martial arts film, Lethal Weapon 4, Jet Li. The final mm -hmm. scene with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Oh, my God, one of the best fight scenes ever. Obviously, Bruce Lee um, and his movies. Uh, I'm a big Steven Seagal fan. I am also a big Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. Uh, I've watched every B.C. I mean, Don the Dragon Wilson, bro. Hell yeah, blood sport. A <laughs> uh, little blood fist, my bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Blood fist. Dude, they went even to four. And what's crazy about what happened in four race is that it got better. I'm like, how does the fourth volume of a B movie get better in the fourth installment that's direct to like I don't even know, like audio cassette. <laughs> like, I mean, it wasn't in theaters. <laughs> um, uh, Johnny Sig, I could go in many directions with you, and, and I love you for your time here. I did want to get a little bit of an origin story for our folks, uh, our people. We've been asking some people that, how your boxing fandom came together. If you want to, you know, mix in where you're from. I know you're a Vegas guy now, but what's your story, bro? My story goes back to New Jersey. Um you know, uh, my boxing love affair came by way of my father, who's also a musician and a great, was a great guitar player, uh, blues and jazz and rock and everything. And, uh, you know, we would all gather like they used to do back in the day. Families get together, you know, and we watch fights, Tyson fights and Chavez fights and all that kind of stuff. And then there was a night where I saw Holyfield versus Bo the first time. And I sat down, I saw round 10, and, and I witnessed something I'd never seen in life before. I'm, I don't even know how old I was, maybe seven or eight, whatever. But 
you know, to see Holyfield go through that, you know, uh, turmoil and show intestinal fortitude and, and, you know, come back in round 10 and still go and then get dropped in the 11th and still finish the fight. I, that was a metaphor for me about life is that, you know what, man, sometimes you're not going to win. Sometimes you're going to obviously lose, but as long as you finish on your feet and as long as you stay with positive vibes, like, and then you saw what Holyfield did in the second fight, which was incredible. And what he did with the rest of his career and how he honestly, in my opinion, outlasted Bo in terms of long, long, you know, uh, keeping his career going longevity. And so that, that was the, that bit me. And, uh, eventually I moved to Vegas, uh, after Jersey, uh, I moved about here five years ago and, the love of my life, and I, I cannot be happier, guys. This is great. This is a boxing success story, Rafe. Okay, uh, do you have a band now? Or I know you're you're teaching lessons, but uh, what are what are your musical hopes moving forward? Maybe start a band that writes songs about boxers. Uh, I would you know, not recommend I, I that necessarily. Sh- <laughs> I did one for Shannon Briggs, but I, I guess he didn't like it because he didn't post it, he didn't share it, retweet it, or whatever. But um, yeah, my band. Thank you, uh, BC, for asking me that. Um, yeah, I, I have a band here after and we're just doing things. It's from uh, musicians back home and we just do uh transfer exchanges through USB and computers like we're all doing nowadays and we're doing music and stuff like that. But most important, you know, I am doing the music lessons. I'm keeping that going, teaching drums and guitar. Um, also, you know, doing the show, obviously, but BC, let me talk to you about what's going on with you over here now. What's up? Uh, over here, you know, we're launching Morning Combat three days a week, uh, expanding it, uh, Luke Thomas and myself. But, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be our bonus days. We've got a lot of little projects putting together. Rashad Evans still in the universe on the MMA side. Rafe Bartholomew on the box side. So things are doing well right now. All right. Things are going very well. OK. In this tough times, the checks are cashing. I'm very happy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I get to do this thing with Rafe. I get my best friend in the box. So it's great. And, um, uh, Sig, uh, I did want to ask you before I forget, before this thing ends, uh, mm-hmm. have you been to a lot of fights? You live in Vegas five years now, so you can go as a journalist. I would assume as a fan, what's the best fight you ever been in the building for? Dottie Ward. <laughs> oh my balls. Wait, you yeah, were in the yeah, where for Gotti Ward one? Are you serious? One and three, yeah. One wow. three, oh, this Raskin territory. And Damn it. Wow. Fight ain't, fight ain't over, Brian. Fight ain't over. Oh my god. Luckily, I had the opportunity uh through Pedro Fernandez, uh another network I worked for at Ring Talk. And I love Pedro. He's a great guy. He hooked me up, uh, you know, with, with great um you know, credentials. And we went to, uh, many fights. Uh, luckily I was able to take my sister out one time and to the third one with Gotti Ward. And my sister started talking a lot of crap to people from Boston. I'm like, you cannot do that. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot take on a full on arena. Cause we happened to be sitting in a section where it was like all pro Mickey Ward. But what I love about what the Gotti and Ward thing was, I mean, do you remember guys when he, when Gotti shared the the water with Ward, how amazing that yes. was! Like yeah. this is just those little moments. But I mean, Emmanuel Stewart's call in the ninth mm. round. Oh. oh my God! I can't look at this. You only dream about things like this. Oh my God! I mean, the, the, when I went home and watched it, it was the greatest thing. Um, 
I've seen a lot of fights, compliments of uh, credentials I had from certain companies. And I, I think that that obviously has to be the one that stands out the most. All right, I want to hit you with um, this. Also... I got to stop yeah. you and ask you the question because Gotti Ward one is my favorite fight of all time. And while I have so much love for Corrales Castillo one, and do think it it mm-hmm. is technically a better fight, and I've written about it and I've told my story a million times. I was supposed to watch it on TV and I got screwed out of it. But Gotti Ward one to me is just the one that hits me in the feel spot. I mean, stop it, Frank, please. Uh, look. The whole idea of someone, you know, like like not having business getting up from a body shot. My favorite part about this sport, like the like that body shot is the out punch. It's the finish. You know, it's it's the it's the cutter from Mariano Rivera. You get you're out right. If Mickey Ward hits it with you're out, the fight's over. Fight ain't over. You you know. Fight ain't over. That man had no business getting up against Wash Gill. But maybe even more than the great bloke, Arturo Gotti is the originator. He had no freaking business getting up from that body shot. I don't know if that was your your moment, your climax. You are in the crowd at the Mohegan Sun where I am laying right now in my bed. Peak orgasmic box moment of that fight. It could have been many other moments, but tell me what the moment was and please try to describe to us because I lust for this. I call up Karen Melvinney on the phone and say, pack Marquez four. Tell me, tell me what you saw. What did it feel like? What happened to your body during that moment? I told the girl I was dating at the time when we went there, we're in for something special. I said, this is a Mortal Kombat mirror match. And if you guys are not familiar with Mortal Kombat, Sub-Zero <laughs> versus Sub-Zero. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I was like, we're going to see some fireworks. There is no doubt about it. And I've told her this before in the past. She's like, yeah, 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 whatever. We're going to watch another boxing match. Uh, we get there. And, you know, when it erupted in the ninth round, I could not believe that Arturo Gatti got up because I've boxed before. I'm, again, I'm not going to make this about me, but I, I know it's get hit his body i in particular where he got hit and the fact that he got up and I, I don't doubt the fact of the resiliency what the intestinal fortitude again of our got he's a warrior he's a blood and guts warrior we've seen both of his eyes closed and you know shut down and Gotti, i thought was winning that fight until that moment happened i'm like oh man that that's a tough one that's a tough one um so that round the crowd uh, I, I had decent seats, but I wasn't near anywhere where the broadcast was being handled. And when I went home, I, I immediately watched it. And Emmanuel Stewart was just so brilliant, dude. He he was so incredible. And what I like about Emmanuel is that he'll break down the the scientific, you know, aspect of boxing, but then just give raw emotion. Oh yes. my. God, like I keep going back to that. I'll never forget that. And and you know, Manuel, I I've met him, I spoke to him many times. He is just such a passionate guy. And it really just it was such a great moment. Um Arturo Gotti getting up and then coming back, which at the end of the round was incredible. That crowd was going I couldn't even believe what I was seeing. I had to go home and watch it like seven times because oh, I'm like, did that really 
fucking happen? I'm sorry, guys. I, I said F bomb. No, that okay. really happened? They're, they're, what are they going to do? Cancel you the know? show? I, I, now I need to smell yeah. your fingers. You were at that fight. I mean, this is incredible. Rafe, I know you were at Pac Marquez. You were at Car- Chavez, Camp, you know, Martinez, round 12, but Gotti Ward won. I mean, you know, I'm a, it's just, just as great. That's a different level, man. It's still, I mean, that is one of those. Oh, Gotti's going to survive the round. It's hard to, hard to beat that. Now that's technically from James Tony and uh, the that uh, that uh, Vasily Girov. Yes, oh uh, Johnny Sick, thank you for your time, brother. Obviously, we could go in hey. many lanes on this, but uh, we're trying to keep it under three hours. It's a pleasure, sir. No, dude, BC Rafe, I love you guys, and I want to say this to all the listeners: is that this is the best boxing pod in the game. Okay, I listen to a lot of them. I follow a lot of people, and I look at a lot of guys. You know, <laughs> so. Here's what's up, guys. Hopefully, you continue to follow BC and Rafe where they go with Morning Combat and whatever things that they do, like, follow it. These are great guys, knowledgeable guys, and I've looked at a lot of guys. So I just want to put that out there. Love it. Love it. The great Thank Johnny you, man. Thank I you. think you got the score right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we got the score right. <laughs> BC, we... Rafe, much love and respect. Thank you, sir. Amen. Much love, baby. We are just getting covered in in man sauce here in love. We got one more. We're gonna we're gonna bang the tin can, kick kick the can one more time, and uh, you know if we're gonna close with anybody, right? There's there's one man, right? There is really only one man. It could be. Yeah. Good luck to the great producer Mikey Mormel trying to edit this thing, but um, I have to you know I have to talk man sauce with this man. Here we go. He's, he, you know, he's, you, you tell Mikey it's the last time. It's the last know, time. It's, it's the king of Prussia's finest uh, on line one here. Okay. Uh, he's a man who went to all three Gotti Ward fights. Okay. He's a man who grew up with Harry Joe Yorgi. So you're going to know how tough he is. He's Eric Raskin. And I believe he's with us right now. Rask, tell me you can hear me. And we're back. Yeah. I hear you, BC. Wow. Wow. Uh, Rask straight off the Little League field and back on this show. I love it. That's right. Straight from the did, Little League field. Did, and uh, did, we got Coach, a, a, coach, a, coach, did you win? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all that matters for kids is that you keep winning. <laughs> that's right. That's the goal is win at all costs. We did not win, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, it's, it's early in the fall ball season. We'll be back. Uh, I, I said to the kids afterwards, judge me. Watch me, love me. I'm great. <laughs> uh, Eric, uh, you, you, you're a uh, you're a Pennsylvania man. Um, do you do you hope to bring these young, these great young men to Williamsport, Pennsylvania, sometime for the wow. Little League World Series? I'm not that serious a coach. This and this isn't like travel ball. This is just local local fall ball. So uh, no, uh, I, I have no such aspirations. Well, look, if, if you the, need some SOC overage, if you need some overage Pinoy guys, that happened before <laughs> in the Little League World Series. If you need some overage Dominican guys, I'm yes. from New York. I, I was yes. of age, the same age of Danny Almonte back in the day. So I, just 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 get at me. I will help. Well, rest. You, 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 Danny Almonte and uh, Luis Ortiz, I'll uh, 
all questionable age uh, <laughs> birth certificates. Russ, since we are, uh, this is the last episode in the great history of the ITSOC box podcast. And since we're <laughs> mo- we're many hours into this and you're our final guest, which is apropos because you've been, you know, a friend to this show, a, a, a guest, a, a, you know, an, a, inspiration. an inspiration, the, the original well, I crazy do want ass to say that. Hold on. Hold Cole's that podcast talk. was Ring Theory. I'm going to pour water on his balls in one second. Okay. Keep, I didn't want to say, since we're this it. deep in the show and there's no chance your wife would sit through it to this point, you got any hot moms on this no. fall on this fall league team? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's all relative. Let, let's agree, Brian, that once you reach a certain age, almost any woman under say 45 you, you give it at least a second glance right yeah 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 all right all right let me let me pour something on you hold on, Come on let me let me put some water on your ball uh rask i don't know if you want to hear this if you care about this but i've said it before i think i said it to you i've said it to others um you know i owe we owe you and bill detloff on on the great ring theory uh, you know a lot of debt of gratitude for being the ahead of the game for knowing this game, but for being ahead of the game. And I know you did it behind a paywall. So no one kicked your ass. And I equally respect that. But, uh, for, for, for change, for taking this, this sport and making it even extra ridiculous and having fun. And I think that a lot of times I'm just doing a ring theory impression. And, uh, you know, while Riff and I in different incarnations, iterations have had some success and fun. Uh, thank you, Rask for, uh, for being ahead of that, okay? Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, but this is not about uh, ring theory. This is this is the time to pay tribute to the ITSOC. And uh, I got to say, if though if we're tying ring theory in, I do feel like a little a little bit of the ring theory legacy has been carried on by you guys. So I appreciate that, and uh, certainly. You went places Ring Theory couldn't go, like Snapchat. I don't know what the hell you were doing on Snapchat, but it was great. And uh, that was way beyond Ring Theory's capability. Yes, yes, it was. And I did want to say one more thing, Rafe. Can I pour a little extra on on top of his? Keep pouring. On top of his bollocks. Um, You know, one of our great listeners on the show, I forgot who it was, Homer, maybe, during tonight, during this love fest where we open mouth kissed all of our male listeners. And um, uh-huh, uh-huh. he said, look, Rafe, you know, I've, I've loved you back at Grantland when I used to only go on that site for Eric Raskin. And I want to say this. Wow. When I came up. Uh, you know, I started working at ESPN in 2005, but I didn't have my first byline in boxing until 2010. I didn't cover a fight until 2011. You know, like it took a while. When I was there in 2005, 6, 7, I'm a hardcore boxing fan. And Eric Raskin's my favorite writer. And that's a shoe, brother. And and it got to the point wow. when I first hit the road in 2011 to cover some fights. I remember thinking if I could just get to know, if I could tell my friends I met Kieran Mulvaney and Eric Raskin, never thinking that, you know, we would become colleagues, boys and all that. Rask, you were, you know, Rafe's a great writer. I've called Rafe the greatest boxing writer in the world, and I mean that. But Eric Raskin could write a damn story, and he's not dead, Rafe, okay? He's not dead, you're right? He still can. But Rask, I did want to... I work with him every day. Hearing Homer say that reminded me of, like, you know what? I also wanted to be a writer just like Eric Raskin. So Rask, you know, I don't know if this means, you know, you, you're washed and it's over or if it means thank you for inspiring all of us. OK, it, it can mean both of those things. But again, this is, we're supposed to be celebrating the SOC. I appreciate all the water on my balls. 
And uh, I do like to think that I was a, a, pr- a pretty darn good writer back when I used to write about boxing on a regular basis before I gave in to the temptation to become a podcaster instead because it's easier and pays better. But the, uh, you know, I, I appreciate all the things that you're saying, BC. I'm glad that we got to uh, meet in that bathroom at uh, Madison Square Garden. And it's, uh, that was City. really the high point. It's kind of been all downhill. Bro, that, bro, that was there. the same bathroom where a certain individual in a cape did not wash his hands, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Different bathroom. <laughs> that was in Vegas. Uh, that was, that was, I might have been at Mandalay Bay that the, that the, the, in, the caped individual, uh, I, I spotted and reported back on Ring Theory that hands were not washed. Now, this was pre COVID. So hand washing was um, a, a little less mandatory, but nevertheless, pretty mandatory. He, he and, was uh, just a, a filthy individual back then, as opposed to a, <laughs> a scofflaw. That's right. That, that, that's that's a proper way to describe it. But uh, again, uh, Brian, I, I appreciate all the all the things that you're saying, um, but uh, this is this is not about me. This is about me and the other listeners uh, paying open mouth tribute to you guys. Thank you. Ray, Ray well, 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 be real with us here, Eric. <laughs> are you, um, are, are you and Kieran Mulvaney happy that we are going to be gone in this incarnation and, and maybe only coming back once in a while on the YouTube? Uh, you're saying because a, a competitor has, uh, has cleared up a lane for us. Is that, is correct, that correct, that correct, correct, correct. Uh, I don't think of it that way. Um, you know, if it was that's like how we think of you. These... <laughs> um, I, there's plenty of room for for all of us. Um, I, you know, I just I would say if there was any upside to that, it is more than counterbalanced uh, by the fact that I will miss on a personal level uh, hearing you guys, uh, Brian, with his soundboard, and you guys with your inside jokes and uh, just. All the all the things that are in my head. You guys know this game. You know this game, and uh, this game is gonna miss. Love it. I love that man. Uh, Rask, we've talked to you at length in the past about your fandom. In fact, we just had the great Johnny Sig uh, of Leaving in the Ring fame in Las Vegas on, and he revealed to us that he had been at Gotti Ward one and three. And I said, "Oh my God, that's you know that's Raskin esque." Rask, outside of your long love affair covering. Arturo Gatti, watching him, loving him. Do you have another fight you were at that that gave you a phoner that had you asking, <laughs> that had you calling Bill Detloff up and saying this? Hey, um, what does it mean, um, when fighting gets you, gets you erect? What does that mean? Have you had? Ha- what is the number <laughs> one on your list? It's separate if, from Gatti. If you that was a good Tyson uh, bite, but of course the best Tyson bites are. Ragandone and Donito Donero. Those are the original Tyson bites. Um, so other great fights besides all the all the great Gaddy fights that I got to attend, uh, I would say uh, one. Now, not every boxing writer out there has even seen this this fight, but uh, Trinidad Vargas. I was there for that. Um, <laughs> that was that was a spectacular night of uh, of boxeo. Um, I just find it all incredibly I was also, hypocritical. Yes, keep going. I, I couldn't. I couldn't hear the uh, the the, uh, the drop there. But um, uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good under sort of uh, slightly under the radar, but great one. The double header in Atlantic City that saw Derek Jefferson, Maurice Harris with the amazing knockout, and the Derek Jefferson "I love you" call from Larry Merchant followed immediately 
by Oleg Moskayev knocking Hasim Rahman out of the ring wow. and Steve oh, Smoger wow. getting hit by a flying yeah. chair. I was there ringside for that night. Wow. Did did you did did any chairs come in your direction? Uh, no, I was on a different side of the ring. The whole press area was really fairly well insulated from the uh, violence that was breaking out, and really, it never got it never got that bad. It was just you know, like I don't know if you guys have ever been in in an arena when a brawl in the crowd broke out, but it's like the whole the whole place kind of rattles a little bit. There's just like a feeling. It's almost like a mini earthquake, but that's kind of all it was. There was like a little earth in one area where guys were kind of were, were throwing at each other, but it didn't spread to the whole place. And we didn't have to like duck under the tables or anything like that. It, it settled down before it came over anywhere uh, near the press. That, section. That's interesting, Eric, because uh, that makes me think if you did happen to find yourself in a mid, right, right in the thick of oh a... my god! I'd be in, I'd be in the fetal position. So <laughs> well, okay, but I, I was thinking more along right, the lines Eric, of you're breath. in the thick of a melee, a boxing crowd melee, and it's happening. Uh-huh. It somehow has infected the media, uh, not bubble, but that's where Brian is right now. But the media section. Um, is there anyone in the media that you're going out of your way to take a free <laughs> shot at? <laughs> you mean like you mean like Borges versus Cap style? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I've had beef with a few boxing writers over the years, and I think all the all the old Ring Theory listeners know exactly who they are. I don't know that I need to call them out by name. Um, I'm not a violent man, Rafe. I, I would I would be inclined. What I might do is is I might hold somebody while someone else hits them, but I don't hmm. think I would be the one to do the hitting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, Rask, you, um, you've been with us from the beginning as a friend and a listener of the show. Uh, what do you think is the, uh, the SOC ITC boxing's mountaintop moment in three years of action as we bury this thing and kill it? Wow. Uh, it, could it be, could it be the guy, uh, who didn't, who didn't know who the hell Rafe was? Uh, <laughs> where's that from? <laughs> yeah, what clip is that saying? Saying who is this, and you saying oh, that's Rafe or whatever. It's Rafe. I'm sorry. Rafe. I'm Rafe. Uh, Rafe was on a Americanized Filipino like morning talk show in L.A. Oh, that wasn't from, that wasn't actually from your show. No, 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 no. I, no. I thought that was you interviewing someone who thought he was being interviewed by. By BC, and no, then they were I'm like, the, "Who the hell is this guy?" The, your 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 awkward, uncomfortable interview with Tyson Fury is still a classic. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, that same show also produced this weird one. Penis. That really inspired me. Well, Penis was great, Rafe. You American Hatchcock. <laughs> uh, you know, I I know I've kept Rafe here for three hours. I almost don't want this thing to end. It's not ending. That's the celebration point. We're gonna go on in a different. In a right. different thing, but uh, uh, wow, you know, this game, it's a dirty game. It's hard to stay alive in this game job-wise. It's, uh, it's hard to stay a fan in this game. Uh, Rask, have you ever considered getting out of this game? Um, not, not too seriously, because I always needed the supplemental income, at least. Uh, but, you know, are there times where I kind of... Uh, you know, a, little, a little sick of the a little sick of the box, and I'm just, uh, you know, I go downstairs Sunday morning, 
to watch what I DVR'd the night before because there was no chance I could possibly stay up for it because I'm so washed. And I turned it on, and I end up basically fast-forwarding through the whole thing because I'm just not feeling the box at that moment. Sure, that happens. Yeah. But, uh, but to get out of the business entirely, uh, no, I, I, I love uh, being a part of uh, the, the boxing media and uh, making friends like you guys and being able to talk to you guys and uh, being able to uh, talk to the people. And uh, no, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't walk away. It's uh, not time yet. I haven't really thought too seriously about it. And, uh, and I hope that Rafe is not walking away well, from the box just because just because BC has betrayed him so, to er, er, focus on exactly. the Mortal Kombat well, right. yeah, okay, skinheads. Well, that, that did happen. It did exist. But, Rafe, this is actually isn't a podcast. Eric and I set this whole ruse up. This is an intervention to keep you from leaving <laughs> boxing, okay? Okay, good. I was going to say, Eric, um, I, that was very nice to hear, but it, it, um, it might sound horrible, but um, <laughs> I, I think you should finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, uh, Eric. Nassim Ahmed told me that to my face. I w- I would be done. That would be it. I would yes. walk away. Uh, but you, you, you saying it, race that means nothing to me. Maybe if I show you the whole package and put the balls <laughs> on the line. Uh, Rask, uh, do you think the fleece should go to Canastota? Con- not the um, man. Not the whole man. Just the fleece. Just the fleece should be there. Absolutely. The, the other one is like something where you can debate and, you know, make a case for or against is Dan Rayfield Hall of Famer, yada, yada. The fleece absolutely be- belongs in a in a glass case in Canastota. Zero question about that. Uh, Rafe, we know how Rask and I met April 7th, I believe, 2013 in the Radio City Music Hall basement bathroom for Lomachenko Rigandau. But as we close here, could you share your origin story with the full man? Well, it's interesting. So when I got hired at Grantland, um, my first job was basically to edit anything nobody else wanted to deal with, <laughs> right. uh, which was pretty much where boxing fell and continues to fall on the media totem pole. And somehow, I don't know how, who, who, but you know, somehow um, one of the guys was, I worked uh, with, Dan Fearman. Yeah, I was going to say it was Dan Fearman who I had been uh, annoying with the occasional email pitch or whatever. And he finally said, annoy, annoy this new editor we just hired instead of me. Right. So I, I didn't know if someone had referred him to you as a good boxing guy or what. But I, I was still pretty casual at the time. And um, basically, yeah, that was that was the beginning of it. Um, I was what the first story uh, that Eric wrote for Grantland was um David Hay versus Vladimir Klitschko, versus right? Vladimir right. Klitschko preview. That's right. That's right. Yeah, where, you I did, uh, where I Doctor Steelhammer and everything. Yeah, and it was specifically saying that uh, that their face to face sounded like Borat talking to Ali G was the line that uh, that stands out for me. From that. and I and I loved that, and I loved the the some of the jokes about Vlad's magic that Eric made in there, and then. There was a moment, I think maybe on what was supposed to be our next story, when he, you know, he, he Eric was like, "Hey, do a story on, let's do a story on Brandon Rios versus Urbano Antillon. It's going to be an amazing right. fight," which it was. But the so Eric got uh, access to Brandon Rios, and those of us who have covered Brandon Rios know he's a very sweet man, but he's his filter is kind of difficult to deal with because it's not there in a, to begin with. And it, it, the, everything in the story was Rios talking about prostitutes. And I, I just looked at it. I was like, dude, we can't publish this. We got like he's he's just talking about, um, you know, illicit 
He, Actually, he, he was he. There was a specific story of uh, receiving oral pleasure and 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 like honking while in his car, and I think honking the horn to get Robert Garcia's attention. And I, I thought it was kind of a, a funny uh, story, but uh, apparently uh, the editorial team at Grantland uh, did not see it the same way. It, it, it was a great. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is, so does Brandon Rios, and it was a um, it was a great boxing story, but it was something, especially at that early stage. In Grantland, where I was not really feeling my oats, not feeling like I had a lot of power, I read that. I was like, oh, my God, we're all getting fired if this goes out. And this was a pre-Me Too era. And also what I've since learned is that boxers can say pretty much anything. Yes. Like they could say mm-hmm. stuff that would get everyone fired. And nobody, th- felt- thankfully, in some ways, I because it's boxing, f- nobody cares. I wish you felt your Caribbean oats more. Stop moving. If you do not have the type of bread you like in your house, eat crackers. Yes. If you do not have bread, eat cereal. Yes. Eat oats. Sardines. You're supposed to have a two-week supply for hurricane. And at the beginning of this, I said, prepare your disaster kit. As prepare your horse for the disaster to come. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then I was in the uncomfortable position of having to tell Eric, look, I don't think we can do this. And like Eric is a way more experienced um, editor, writer, journalist than me at this point in time. Like I, I had had a, some decent jobs. and But really the only thing that meaningful I had to my name was having written a book. Um, but and, and, you know, he wasn't he, he wasn't happy. You know, he it wasn't he, he didn't. Neither of us was unprofessional. But I remember being in a 7-Eleven buying some liquid crack that day, reading the, the latest email, being like, damn, man, this guy's not letting me off the hook. Um, and thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, uh, you know, both, you know, I, I was able to keep working with Eric and Eric was keep work, able to keep working with me. And we, we met for the first time in person at Pacquiao versus Marquez 3, which is probably okay. the, the closest thing we had to a robbery in the, in the quadrilogy. And, um, you know, uh, Eric went on to write a lot of a lot of really like a, a lot of the uh, other like me, Eric and Jake Kang were the only people who ever really wrote boxing at Grantland. And and, uh, you know, uh, you, 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 for, you forget you forget the, uh, the the Chris Jones story about what a body shot feels like. That, that, that worked true. into the advertising. The commercial. <laughs> thank you. It was part of the You remember as well as I do. It was part of the commercial. Yeah. Um, That's right. Chris Jones had but no business that... getting up from that body shot. <laughs> no business. Oh, but yeah, that time. Brandon Rios story is funny. It's, I I look back at that at that and, and cringe a, a little bit about uh, the way that the, I I feel like I might have fired back uh, a little a little salty uh, over it, and I, and I look uh, a little bit. But I was in I was in a dark place uh, there at, from an employment perspective. That happened to be a moment b- between full time jobs where uh, that that one freelance story falling through and becoming having to take the kill fee for it. Uh, that was taking bread off the kids' table. So uh, I, wow. you're you're right. It was a good thing that we uh, we we were able to move past it, and I think develop a good writer editor rhythm. But uh, but that was that was a low a low point for me. Uh, everything that went wow. down, and it's all brand. Look at full circle. Rafe was the 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 Glenn Rushton with the broken rhythm pressure method as the editor for the great writer Rask, and now they've switched roles. It's gone full circle. It's time for us to finish. It's time for this podcast to finish. It was a good finish. I, I like a good finish. Me too. By the way, thank you, Robert Kraft, as well. Uh, Rask, thank you. 
for everything. I never even heard that Brandon story before. That was incredible, but thank you, sir. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think Rafe and I have even talked about that since it happened. I, I but, feel uh, like it came but, up in our DMs once, but other than that, maybe, that's been... Maybe it did. That's, 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 that's possible. But, uh, but BC, some other time on some other podcast, you and I have to talk some Bruce, but we'll, we'll save yes. that for another time. Rafe, Rafe, don't speak that language. Yes. All right. <laughs> I know. I, I, I only hear Jimmy, guys. I'm sorry. Wes, <laughs> thank you for your time, sir. Cool. Yeah, and before you guys sign it off, however you're you're doing it, I just want to say uh, thank you for all the all the fantastic podcasting over the years. I hope that this partnership between the two of you guys lives on in some form going forward. I get so sorry. I meant this one. I love you. I make you a <laughs> thank you. Okay, okay, thank you, Eric Raskin, the goat. Yes, yes, okay, Eric Raskin. I think you should finish. Great stuff, sir. Give my best to King of Prussia. You have, you have great malls. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. I'll say hi to Harry Joe for you. Thank you. Uh, Rafe, what a time. Why, thank you, everyone, who, for all the years, for this three-hour pod who, who, who stuck with us. Rafe, we got to hear that bloke is this, is this central of our country, you know, bloke, right? That guy's great, right? We got a little Godinez pepper on our And steak. we still don't really know anything about the quality bloke, which no? is the best part about it. Yes. No. Yes. Um, so, Rafe, uh, how do we close this? How do we end this chapter of our lives? I mean, we will be well, back. We will be back, but in, but we don't know. I don't know exactly in what form. Uh, in any case, Brian, I will say, I would like to say that um, I have a USB stick, and on this USB stick, I've recorded everything. That I feel about the Brian Campbell. Oh wow! Do not ask me <laughs> what is on the USB stick. He has a stick on him. <laughs> I will bury the stick somewhere between an establishment in Campbell, California, and Avon, Connecticut. Yes, yes. And if you find it, you can pay me. $5,000. Pretty cheap if you find it. Yes. Yes. And yes. I will give you the code to unlock the stick. But in lieu of my real feelings, Brian, I would like to say that uh, you're a hatchcock, my friend. Well, you are a top operator, a quality operator, and a quality bloke. Thank you. Thank you. Rick. And... You know this game. You call the shots when you see them. Rafe, I the the, the MVP of this pod, this iteration of our podcasting life was the soundboard, and this soundboard wouldn't be here if you didn't slave every week, pouring through every single piece of interview or podcast that the world offers, and flooding my inter, my emails and DMs with this stuff. So thank you for that. Thank you for being the hardcore member of this podcast as I dabble in the skinheads to pay for travel soccer and braces on my kids. And uh, I'm sorry that, that, that skinheads have blown up. But uh, as long as you're willing, I'll do it on TikTok with you, whatever we got to do. Let's keep this marriage going, okay? For the for the kids, for the children, for all of our kids, all right? The Homers out there, the uh, the Ulrich Andersons, all the people we love, Robbie Rinaldi, right? All the Carmine heads, barbecue sauce, barbecue Bob, Bob Logan Dobson, not a Carmine guy, but still quality. All right.
right. Love it. Love you. Galache, whatever, whatever that guy's name, Galache on Twitter. He's Shout in the out. DMs. Shout out. Okay. Solid folk. Uh, Brian, you are a you are a good you're a good guy. And you're a hard man. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, for Rafe Bartholomew, for all of our people, uh, Rafe, why don't you tell the two words one final time? We out. Yes. Yes. It was hot. It was good. <laughs> You're feeling it. Yes. <laughs> the chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire, now streaming on Paramount+.